what's up? Happy 2022, my friends. Yeah. It's been a minute. <laughs> television. Uh, I'm in my bathrobe. I will explain that in a minute. I was we're alive. I was going for the Hugh Hefner look, but now I'm just looking like Cousin Eddie from freaking Christmas Vacation. Hey. I'm waiting for JR when I open the broadcast to start with. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, mm. the sweet, angelic sounds of children playing and an asshole in his bathrobe emptying <laughs> his ba- his uh, RV into the storm. Mm-hmm. Wherever how long that, that movie goes. I, I saw Christmas Vacation like three times this year, but Wow. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, as yeah, yes. JR flexes fucking arm day today. Um, no. and my my white ass over here. I gotta get back to the gym. <laughs> Welcome Bro. to PS Comics. I love you. Um, as the uh the 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 overlay say below us, mm. um he is JR Kambukungan. We'll give yeah. him I'll give him a full on shout out there. Um the uh okay, hold on. <laughs> I think I, I did it fix it. So hold on Facebook. Don't be giving me crap here. We're having trouble it streaming is. to Facebook. This may be an issue in Facebook's in. Okay. Well, it's, it's one channel. Hello for it's everybody okay. else. Twitter, YouTube, everybody else listening to us. Thank you so much. Here's Jared Kambakugan. Also not Jared comics 42 on uh-huh. Instagram. Uh-huh. I am Kevin pillow at voice of yes, Reason on all social media platforms. And uh, welcome back to PS comics. It has been a minute. Um, I think at least since the first or second week in December. Yeah. About- Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Kwanzaa. Mm-hmm. Happy Hanukkah. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is you celebrate, we celebrate with you. Mm-hmm. Shalom. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> damn, it is good to be in the good is a new year. <sighs> so my guy. It's good to be alive. Have- yeah, yeah. It's so for the I know we've been kind of MIA over all the socials, man. Just more so, yeah. Part of it is like because I, I yeah, I would end of year. Yeah, yeah, near the end of the year. Granted, I've always been I've been also I've always been one to be a social recluse recluse myself, especially on online. But I know that in order to expand our broadcast and everything else, I'm gonna have to get out of my shell and post more, basically, which inevitably I'm getting to. Yeah, but and the, I went full I went full yeah. freaking hermit status. Yeah. Um, I've had people There's compare me to David Letterman. I've had people tell you know yeah. compare me to the Unabomber. Um, mm. I, I got to tell a story to tell a story. Okay. So I let's go back to December of 2020. Okay. December 26th, 27th. I'm on like the fifth hole at Bermuda Dunes Country Club, I'm playing golf with my brother and my dad. And uh, we finished a hole pretty quickly, and there's a little bit of a, a lay uh, backup on another hole. And uh, I get a phone call from JR. Okay, if I'm getting a phone call, you know, from JR in the middle of a golf round, something's up. Pick up the phone. What's up, dude? Merry Christmas. Hey, Merry Christmas. Blah, blah, blah. Gets right to the punch. Bro, what'd you get for Christmas? This is JR talking to me. Dude, I got a new drone. Danielle hooked it up. Uh, You know, dad got me this. You know, had a good Christmas. How was yours? Your boy got COVID. And I was like, Oh shit. He goes, yep. Watching the Laker game with mom and dad got the Rona bro. My, my sympathies, you know? And so fast forward about December 20, I think it was on Christmas Eve this year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I called Jr. out of the blue and said, Hey, guess what? Guess what your boy got for Christmas. (laughs) 
<laughs> your boy got the Rona. <laughs> and at first he thought my son, he thought that my son got COVID. He's fine, yeah. by the way. My son and my daughter are fine. But my wife and I, yes, we officially tested positive for COVID-19 on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, respectfully. Yeah. Um, we have no idea where we contracted it. My wife is fully vaccinated. I will throw myself at the bus as I have before. I am not. I have medical reasons from 2021, which we'll get into. Um, and, uh, I'm going to be vaxxed. I have to wait 90 days now, uh, mm. for the, uh, as they said, the COVID debris. Yeah, that's a thing to get out of my system. Um, but, uh, I don't recommend it. It's not for the faint of heart. Um, I, uh, I think, um, you know, everyone that did contact me for the well wishes and whatnot. Um, I have to say that I think my, especially my brother, my wife, uh, and JR. Um, and the reason I thank the three of them is, you know, my wife, obviously my right there, my, my, uh, uh, partner in, in crime, my, my, uh, my fellow comrade in, in the foxhole with me, uh, with COVID for, for over 10 days, we were in mm. quarantine, but guys mm. like JR and my brother, um, who have, uh, really kind of inspired me the last few years to, to, to eat healthier, um, get back in the gym, work out, uh, take care of myself um, as I sit here and drinking an IPA sitting in my bathrobe on a Tuesday night. But hey, whatever. Always good. Always good. You, good you don't mind. freaking judge around here. Um, but really and truly, had it not been for me going back to the gym, working on cardio, um, and for the uh, pain medication I still had from my shoulder, uh, I probably would not have survived COVID. It is not fun. I not a, I don't know officially, but I believe I had the dummy down version, uh, aka the uh, the Decepticon or whatever the Optimus Prime Omicron, Omicron, yeah, Omicron. yeah whatever. Um, yeah. The uh, Jr. had the full fledged uh, um, COVID nineteen one point oh, full with, the, uh, with with bugs and yeah the I got you the, had it rough. Uh, I, dude, I got the if you don't take care of this, you're gonna die one. So Jr. the rough one. You lost smell and taste, right? I lost smell, taste, and I think like about ten pounds. I got you beat. I lost twenty. Oof. Oof. Hell yeah! I don't recommend that diet. Mm -hmm. But your homeboy lost twenty pounds, and I'm slowly but putting it back on after busting out the freaking Traeger for the first time in three weeks. Oh yeah, dude! Like um, it is it it. it, I hey man, for for those who survived Corona and if you don't talk about and went through the full effects of it. You know, you would, you know absolutely what 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 goes through your body and what happens, man. It, it's crazy, bro. It is, uh, um, without getting into too much detail, um, it's a shit show. It's not fun. Um, mm-hmm. getting the simultaneous chills and hundred and two degree fever <sighs> at the same time is not fun. It is the it's a cold, a flu, and migraine all wrapped into one is the best yeah. way to describe it. Um, the weirdest thing in the world was, uh, the day I called out sick to work and, and, and it was unfortunately my, my daughter's 10th birthday. Um, I called out to my day job and, um, I went back to bed and before I got back into bed, I lit a candle in our bedroom and my wife goes, what are you doing? I said this, and I blew out the candle, stuck my nose right in the candle and just took a big old whiff. Don't recommend it by the way. Don't inhale smoke, but I did it to prove a point and it went. 
and she's like, what, what are you doing? I said, I can't smell a thing. I cannot smell smoke. And, um, that's a telltale. I mean, you can, you, they always say you're not going to be able to smell yourself. You're not going to smell BO. Sometimes you might not smell other things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Hey, everyone's like, Oh, you had a stuffy nose. That's why you couldn't smell. Um, no, there was nothing. No, zero, zero nostril sensations. I, I could not smell. And that was one of the reasons why I didn't cook for two weeks. I was mm. starving. Best meal I ever had over the, other than the, my mom's homemade chili, which was bomb. Yeah. Um, Chipotle. I ate that. I scarfed that thing down. Like I hadn't eaten in three months. That was the best meal I had. Um, but couldn't smell it. Oh, I tasted it. It tasted fantastic, but could not smell. Um, but, uh, no, your boy's better. Um, been, uh, been back at it, uh, back to the grind over the last two days. Yesterday was Mm -hmm. rough. Um, we were supposed to record yesterday, but I had a long day back at work for the first time in two weeks. Um, and I got back cooking, made some bomb, uh, uh, grilled chicken. Uh, check out my Instagram at voice of reason 23 for all my Traeger activities. We will do a cooking show, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Your, your boy over here, oh, that way, um, yeah. is a bomb cook. Um, and he comes from a, a, a long and illustrious lineage of amazing Filipino cooks. Oh, oh yeah. I, I've um, uh, just uh, started to hijack this. No, dude, bro. Uh, if, if you're bro, hijacking the food conversation. Bro. No, like, <laughs> there. Um, one of uh, one of my... Um, uh, one of my not fondest memories, but my memories of my childhood, right? Yes, is that um I, I come from a huge family of cooks, basically. And my dad has, I think, five other brothers and four to five other brothers. Yeah. And so in my youth, right, when I was younger, what they do is that in order to get all the meat, right? They actually went to like NorCal or whatever and bought a pig. And they would tell they would take that pig, that live pig down here back to back to um to where we're at. And they would kill the pig here and butcher it, and they would even out parts. So, um, we were—I was talking about that particular scenario, right, around my around uh, Christmas, or during our Christmas party. And I just told him, like, "Hey, man, you know, these are going to be things that you know, in a generation or two, you know, we're not going to have anymore." No. And so, like for the for the heritage, I said, like, "Hey, hey, for the culture, for our heritage, I'm a buy pig, and we're gonna butcher, uh, we're gonna butcher a pig for just to just to." understand what it's like to you know to to butcher meat for all the youngins um and when i say youngins i mean like you know everyone is gonna be over 20 and then all the young kids that grew up that knew about this that saw you know our 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 fathers and grandfathers they butcher they would basically you know teach us how to how to skin and how to butcher uh meat and feed it to your family they said, "Hey, we, I, I'm work, I got to do this because this is something that's going to be a lost art. This is going to be like lost yeah. culture in like one generation, because everyone else now, man, we don't, we're not going to cook home, homegrown Filipino food. We're going to like, you know, order takeout, which is easier. We're going to like do a lot more. We're going to buy this food from you know Walmart, or whatever, and they just try to serve it there. I'm like, yo, this is this is a lost art." In today's in our heritage today being filipino and so might as well just just at least once at least once try it and i understand there's gonna be people saying oh how dare you do that to pigs and all that stuff like yo we use everything yeah we use that's everything a, that's so, what i was gonna say it's yeah um one of the things that um 
going on in this we'll get to in, in 20 in our 2021 wrap up here in just a moment mm-hmm. what uh, spending a lot of time on the on, on the road this year you know going through um a lot of the indian reservations and the indian land and stuff like that and listen hearing stories and reading about the heritage of these different uh mm-hmm. nations um one of the things that i can appreciate and one of the things that i have brought into my cooking is yeah. don't waste anything <clears throat> you know yeah. i know as a, as a successful cook people you know you got to trim the fat and get rid of some of the, the excess stuff but i, I really don't yeah. for two reasons one flavor fat adds that's flavor um but i i don't like being wasteful it's just yeah. and so i take that idea from the from the indian uh, uh um philosophy of not don't waste any of the parts of the animal and i did learn that my uh, for those who don't know my brother married into a filipino family mm-hmm. and they kind of told me the story they did a pig um and i thought it was just okay we're doing a pig it's like a hawaiian thing you know you know because they were doing like a luau no it's it's a big filipino uh uh, uh delicacy and they use mm-hmm. everything from the pig and his that is some good eats right there by the way so yeah it, it's it's very much that in the sense of like where what's called um we're gonna lose our heritage not lose it but like it's gonna be it's gonna be like passed down to the point where no one is gonna want to want to do this right and like ultimately i'm not i'm not doing any pepper but like i i uh i have in my in my having my my foresight thinking like all right if the if the fall of civilization happens right and we can't get food how is anyone nowadays in our in this generation in this culture gonna be able to like cook something skin meat and and you know go hunt out and for a deer right we're yeah. gonna be able to do that stuff right because everyone's gonna be squeamish because everyone's squeamish anyway and so i just it's just for me definitely something that i can say at least i've done and make you know proper homage to 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 those who came before me and all of that but yeah man if you if you ever if anyone who's listening right now and has hasn't had filipino food um it's delicious absolutely absolutely so Filipinos food is delicious. If you don't know, if you don't want to know where it comes from, good. I just say that because I feel like a lot of the if you heard our our, our dishes are amazing. Oh, but if, there there is a particular dish. There's a particular dish. I will say I have family members right who who has married African American or has African American kids, and 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 those those parts of the family they come over and you know to our Filipino festivals, right and. I, I remember being behind somebody during the uh, during the, the buffet line for Filipino food, and it's one of the awesome black mothers there that we have in our family. And she goes, "Oh, what's this food? Oh, you have the you have this. They have chicken. They got ribs. What is this? Oh, is that is that meat? What is what's what is like what's the coating in it? Oh, that's chocolate. That's like chocolate. I'm like, that's not chocolate. Oh. We use blood. <laughs> oh. We we use the blood of the pig and then douse it in the meat and then cook it." <laughs> what's so, the um, it's delicious okay. though the, the one yeah. of my favorite filipino cuisines yeah uh, and, and i say it because it's, it's probably basic whatever oh yeah i whipped it together on a tuesday mm-hmm. but i call it a cuisine because there's there's so much flavor and just it's it's over here and then it's over here and then it's over here is ponset it's it's yeah, a simple it. noodle mm-hmm. it's like Press it's like picture. to me it is filipino spaghetti um, yep. but it's, it's more, it, it's more, it's just as simple, but not, but, but just as complicated, mm-hmm. uh, as, 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 as anything you would cook, but it is so good. My, yeah. my, my, um, 
my brother's father-in-law made these little things. They look or they, they're like almost like little mini taquitos. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I was gonna ask you what they were. There's oh, a name those for are, them. Those are spring rolls. Those are um. That's it's spring rolls. It's smaller spring rolls. Uh, yeah. But I know what you talked about. Yeah. But it, it, he had some name for it, and yeah, I don't remember. But they we had the pig, and then he had some ground beef. Like it was almost like uh, it was almost like uh, um like a vegetable beef stroganoff or something. It's, Filipino food is amazing. JR's dad makes these freaking ribs that are out of this world. Uh, I think that was your dad's Ponce as well that I've had, right? Yeah, yeah. I, it, it's, it, um, and did you, yeah, did, it, did he do drumsticks or is that you? Yeah. You? Uh, well, we both did. It, the, the, the drumstick is his recipe. I cooked it. It's, it's most of his recipes. It's, it's amazing. I will say, and like everything too, it's all about the recipe and how you prepare yeah. it. And, and I got to say, I'm not trying to toot my own dad's horn. I'm not trying to blow up my dad. He has no. the best. For me, he has the best pancit, igodo. Um, his ribs and his chicken are probably the best I've ever tasted in my life. Because, and I've had, a, I've had a lot of Filipino food in my life. I've had a lot of Filipino food from, from a lot of family, from a lot of relatives, from a lot of other people who are Filipino as well. And there are, you know, I, some some going to call me biased and that's fine. But you gotta taste my dad's food. That's all I have to say about that. It's it's one of those things that is crafted throughout the years, man. It's just so really freaking good. There was a famous, um, and I, I I say famous because it was at my house, so I'll toot toot my own <laughs> horn here. We had a famous, maybe infamous in some cases, uh, party here about three or four years ago. Maybe about three years oh, ago. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. There was a game night. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, everybody but Q was here because I think Q and Little Q were at a basketball tournament. But Chick was here, you were here, mm-hmm. Candace, Edwin, mm-hmm. uh, Atner, Sarah, the yep. usual crowd from, from Comic Asylum. For those who, who've ever um, listened to our show over the last year and a half, almost uh, two years, um, we've talked about them many, many, many times. Um, there are, it's our crew. Um, yeah. And they came over here. JR, Edwin, and Atner and I, I think, stayed up to like four o'clock in the morning the next morning. But we had, um, my wife had made, uh, I can't remember what she made. She made a main dish. You brought ribs, chicken, and pon- and ponset. Yeah. Uh, Edwin brought, um, I don't remember, or something. And then Edwin brought, there is a, I don't know if it's still there. I hope it is. Is the fried chicken place at the river in Rancho Mirage. That's Filipino. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Is it yeah, Filipino yeah, or Korean? I, I think it's Filipino. I, I, I think it might be Filipino. Yeah. Filipino. But yeah. it's it's just it's just the seasoning and stuff like that. The, if it's still there, that is by far one of the best. That's some of the best fried chicken I've ever had in my life. Mm-hmm. We had a famous uh, uh, kind of a potluck game night here, and just just uh, were amongst friends for for hours, and it was a blast. And um, Chick has told me uh, that she wants to do it again. Maybe not a party here, but party at the at the asylum when it's things fun. start to get a little bit better. Maybe mid to late this year, mm-hmm. um, get through this. Decepticon, Omnicron, Megatron, <laughs> yeah. freaking bullshit, and uh, and 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 get everyone healthier and stuff like that. Um, we are going to do, I think, a full on cookout or, or or some kind of smorgasbord at the asylum, and 100%. we will let you guys be the judge. I, I I'm probably going to make my famous uh, drumsticks uh, at the asylum um, if I can pull it off. I don't know if I can do it with my mini Traeger, but <laughs> nonetheless, that's our food segment for the day. JR, mm-hmm. I'm not kissing my my freaking co-host's ass. It, it's legit. He's a good cook. His dad's an amazing cook. His, I mean, I, I I don't know 
how good your mom is or, or Candace is when it comes to food, but yeah, I've had your food. I've had your dad's food. And it's yeah, it's fat. Yeah, it's great. I love it. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things I have to do, uh, but moving on from that guys. Oh, but I will say, well, big ups to you, man. I, because of that party too. One, one last thing I've had this, the best tequila I've ever had. Oh, what? Casamigos. Casamigos. That's right. We bust out the Casamigos, which is phenomenal. Yeah. Ice, ice chill Casamigos is one the smoothest, the smoothest tequila I've ever. I've had a lot of them, but go ahead. Have you had? It's our boy. We share mm-hmm. an appreciation for this for multiple reasons: his acting, his activism. Yeah. Being the most right. electrifying man in sports and entertainment. Okay. Finally, The Rock has come back to PS Comics. I love you. Have you ever tried Dwayne Johnson's uh, tequila? I haven't yet because oh, every time I try to get one, it sells out. It is. It's 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 it's, it's the weirdest thing. Casamigos and that one phenomenal. particularly always is they sold out. Yeah. It's crazy. You can and actually so, get it now in giant size at Costco, which is like oh I can't God. wait to finish my little bottle. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, um, Tom, Tom, Thomas, oh, it's a it's a Samoan name. Yeah. We'll get to it by then. But um, but it is. If you guys have ever, uh, if you guys were know what we're talking about. If you're a tequila guy, Casamigos is great. Don Julio's is good. Yeah. I mean, obviously stuff like um, yep. what's the what's the famous one? Uh, um, it comes in the little pyramid bottle. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I saw. I literally just saw the other day too. But that's good. One. The 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 stuff from yeah. Kirk, Kirkland Signature Costco brand is mm-hmm. good. But what Jr. just said, Casamigos and Dwayne Johnson's uh, tequila is phenomenal. Super highly, smooth. highly recommend it. And uh, and also, if you're looking for a good energy drink too, mm. um, his stuff is actually pretty good. And we're not shilling for the for the rock, but he's got good stuff. He, he knows how to his branding, and he's got like a Samoan branded. Uh, I can't. I think it's called Zamoa Zam something energy drink. So if you're an energy drink guy, you want a clean, no crash energy drink. That's some good stuff. Mm. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll shill, but we're not shilling for the rock yeah. uh, here on PS Comics. I love you. Uh, by the way, if um, if you're listening later, we're live right now on Facebook, Twitter, and um, YouTube, which, by the way, the YouTube yep. channel will debut this year sooner than later. It's we will. will simulcast since we've decided to do this live edition. We will Damn simulcast on, on, uh, on all platforms, and we will be starting to add more content to yep. our PS Comics I Love You channel, but we will continue to broadcast both. If you're already subscribed to the Voice of Reason 23 channel, you don't have to unsubscribe. We'll still drop some stuff there, um, but there is going to be more um, stuff coming to the PS Comics I Love You channel. Um, but if you guys are uh, posting about this, hit, hit us up, hashtag PS Comics I Love You. Um, and if you're watching, we will throw the social media there on the bottom screen yeah, yeah. for you guys mm-hmm. to be involved with the show. Want to talk a little bit about 2021. Then we're going to get mm-hmm. into the uh, the last, last two episode. episodes of the Hawkeye. So we will get to that. It yeah. has obviously finished. We're now into almost two episodes of Book of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. We will talk about Book of Boba Fett, I think. With the way this the, the the way the pace of this show is going, Book of Boba Fett, I think we're not going to be able to do a weekly breakdown. Mm-mm. Just also with our we're schedule, gonna, we might do yeah. three episodes, like which is fine, the beginning and the end. So for those looking yeah. for a Book of Boba Fett breakdown, we'll probably do something next week. Yeah, so and, let's which talk, is fine. Yeah, so let's talk twenty twenty one. Um, 
just go through the. We're going to go through the highlights, and then Jr. I want to get our like our top five favorite, um, like moments of of twenty twenty one from a pop culture standpoint. Um, okay. 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 Hey, what's up? Well, I want to throw this real quick. The boys are back. Atner giving us some love too, hooking us up on YouTube. Thank you, Atner. Um, the the famous Atner uh, shouting us out. So. 2021 yeah. was, I know a lot of people said it was a shit show. We had I our mean, moments. Your boy had COVID in 2020 and January 2021. Yeah. I had it in December of, yeah. this, of 2021. Um, a lot of great actors and in, in, in uh, in, um, uh, uh, famous uh, people. Uh, uh, rest in peace, great, uh, the great Betty White, who just passed away in the last week as well. Yeah. So, uh, just... I wanted. I wanted. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll talk more booking uh, about her at the end. But yeah, what a way to freaking go out in twenty twenty one. Freaking, you take the ninety nine year old Betty White on day three sixty five. Fuck you, twenty twenty one. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I well, I, two I will, weeks before one hundred. <laughs> I mean, uh, at at this point, I will say Betty White has lived a great, amazing oh. life. Man, you want to talk about culturally relevant for the entirety of her lifespan, man? She was culturally relevant. Oh my goodness, the the amount of stories I've heard from her and and her come up and how so forward thinking she was, bro. I'm pretty sure this was talked about, man, but I didn't know, and I'm and I'm and I apologize in advance for those who didn't know and are going to do this. She had news when she was super young. She uh, and then she go to go because usually at that time. But hear me out. Hear me out. To go from that, having nudes specifically way back when she was in her 20s and to have such a career afterwards. Because, dude, you think about anyone who has posted nude art or nude photography, though tastefully done, a lot of, a lot of those women were typecast into horrible roles. Betty Betty Page. Um, who else did it? Like a, a bunch of other well, you women. Look at Mar Marilyn Monroe and, and James Manfield had... Yeah um kind of uh taste you know, they were tasteful uh yeah evocative ones but like and i didn't even know that either yeah to go from that point and then not only that but when she had her first show she's the first person who uh who said screw y'all i'm gonna have a black tap dancer in my show i forget the name skates you at the moment and then she was so forward thinking in her in her career and of course she did the golden she did a lot more before before she did golden girls um before she did golden girls man but she was just a trailblazer straight through the end and it became she came she became uh, culturally relevant throughout the years, even in the last five, ten years, man. So yeah, my I'm... favorite stories I heard about this, and we're gonna, you know what? Fuck it, we're gonna go backwards. We're gonna talk about Betty here at the front. I think it's, yeah. she was arguably the biggest loss that we had. No disrespect to the amazing, talented people that we lost in 2021, mm -hmm. and we'll and we'll go through that as it comes up in in in, in reference. But you can't talk about 2021 and not talk about Betty White losing her literally on day 365. Mm -hmm. Um. One of the interesting stories that I heard, and Jared talks about, you know, yes, the Betty the the Betty White show uh, back in I think the nineteen fifties yes. had a tap dancer who was um, amazingly talented and was African American, yeah. and the yeah. network said no, and so yeah. Betty White said, "Fuck you, I'm walking off the show." And Betty, no, no, yeah. no, 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 don't, 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 like, because we, we, you're the first woman to host the show, and that, and he goes, "Then you're going to listen to me," and they're like. Mm -hmm. Line. And it was and it was uh, highly talked about, highly rated. The show only lasted a couple more years, but I think that, that was just that launches that launched the tap dancer's career, though. Yeah, that launched yeah, oh, the tap absolutely career, it. And I, I apologize, Jared, just like you, I do not remember the gentleman's name, but yes. I did see some of the video. 
Yes. But let's talk about arguably the most bullet point moment of Betty White's career, and that is the Golden Girls. Yes. And let's Uh, talk about this. This show was 40 years ago. She died at 99. This was 40 years ago. Her portrayal. Arthur Duncan. Thank you, Atner. Arthur Duncan was a tap dancer who did it. Thank you, Atner. Uh, so for those of you, yeah, throwing up some uh, some love. Uh, there you go. Yeah, uh, where to go? Uh, my mouse is just lagging <laughs> like crazy. Arthur Duncan. Yeah. Yes, that. For those of you, look him up. You know, and I'll, and I'll I'll throw it out there one more time. Yeah, look that name up. Super talented. Um, I like I said, saw some of the the the, the video um, from the original um, uh, Betty White show, and super super talented it's it's so funny as you get older stuff like that becomes very entertaining and you realize the talent behind something so simply as a kid we were like boring it's some guy dancing dude there's some freaking talent to tap dancing oh, absolutely absolutely betty white's arguably her better greatest performance was was uh and no disrespect to anything else she did but was the yeah. golden girls golden girls absolutely the song the acting um everybody on that show was hilarious i watched it and i was you know the show came out uh in the 70s and the 80s so i was i was born in 81 so at the most i was nine years old watching these geriatrics uh, <laughs> uh just make fools of themselves a lot of it went over my head at the yeah. time i just thought it was funny it was four old ladies just being stupid funny and of course betty white was the dummy yeah from uh i was gonna say saint cloud but that's not it um but it was a hysterical show um go back 40 years ago 30 40 years ago they're in their 50s in some of the in some cases 40s 50s 60s and they're playing old ladies as someone who just recently turned 40 and and being around people who are in their 50s and their 60s that's not old it's older but it's not yeah. old i swear first off betty white didn't age for 40 years she's Mm-mm. perpetually looked 70 yeah but that show was such a a a, a cultural phenomenon and it still con- to this day obviously with her passing it became po- widely popular i think it's on hulu and peacock um yes. became hugely popular in the last week or so but what I did not know, those four women uh, on that show, and I will get their their all their names. Uh, was it um, uh, Betty White was one. Um, yes. I can't remember the other. Via uh, no Ar- uh, Ar- Ar- Arthur. I want to say Arthur B, but that doesn't sound. B Arthur. Arthur. I got it backwards. B Arthur, B. Arthur, B. Arthur, B. Arthur was yeah. the other one. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the other two. Yeah, I forgot the names. Apologies. Did not again. know this. We'll get the names. Did not know this. Massive show with game in. A huge show with gay men has been for years. When this show was still airing live, they Betty White told this story in an interview a, a few years ago and said that she had found this out over the years from older gay men that they would be out on a whenever I think it aired on a Friday night or something like that. They would be out, these these guys would be out hitting the clubs in the 80s. Nine o'clock would hit, and they said there was a lot of gay clubs. That the DJ booth went silent. They turned the TVs on in the bar. They went to Golden Girls. Nine thirty rolled around. They went right back to dancing. They paused their fun on a Friday night or whenever the show aired to watch the Golden Girls because 
they knew in real life those four, most specifically Betty White and some of the other act and in the other, I think it was B. Arthur, um, were huge proponents of what we know now in 2022 as the LGBTQ plus movement. And mm. so to this day, yeah, they're they're a, a huge part of that community. And Betty White talked about it. she's like it was it was just so mind blowing over her head that they were such yeah. a cultural uh, influence on the homosexual community. Um, so yeah, and, and just yeah, just just to point their names: uh, Beatrice Arthur, Betty White, Rue McLennan. Rue McLennan was uh, the, the, the the sassy red blanche. Yes, yeah, she was blanche and Estelle. And Estelle uh, Getty. Oh, and, Estelle Getty. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. Was she funny? Oh, Dude. my God. I, that show was so, so great. I I got to say, I haven't uh, I haven't necessarily watched fully a season or so. I would I would watch here and there when it comes on. And just knowing of the relevancy in the last, like, five, ten years. It's always one you know, on my thing. Like, it's always been one of those shows. Oh, I'll get around to it. I'll watch it when I get around to it type of thing, right? Same thing with, like, Seinfeld. Same thing with Friends for me. Uh, same thing with a lot of those shows. And... But I knew, but I knew of the social currency that this show had, right? Yeah. B. Arthur, I uh, know. Uh, uh, Betty White, she's solidified, right? She got her, she got her, <laughs> she got her street card a long freaking time ago because she's the grand, because she's that, she's that type of gal. So I knew the social currency that that uh, that the um, the Golden Girls show had, and I'm like, it was gonna be with one of those shows that I'm happy gonna sit down one day and just watch and just enjoy, and. I feel like, I feel like, uh, and as sad as to, as sad as losing Betty White is, I feel like, in in remembrance, just remembering the legs she's had, like, dude, she freaking won at this thing, man. She to come out so far ahead in your life, to 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 be this this forward moving, you know, progressive movement type of, uh, it's a type of person throughout her career, again. From like in her twenties, having nudes to having a TV show to being multiple TV shows to be seen as the freaking at one point the grandmother of the U.S. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's dude, all fucking props to her, man. Like no one, there's no one can like anyone would love to have that type of career, that type of like emotional, that type of like emotional and social impact that that Betty White had, man. And for anyone saying that, oh, that's you're you're blowing out of proportion, bro. No, she she's was... done way more for for society than you than you care to give her, her credit for, man. And so, yeah, dude, more promise to her, man. She's last she lasted so long, and I'm and I'm grateful for her for her, for her impact on society, man. And it sucks that we lost her, man. But I'm so happy that she's lived this long, in order for us to see that. 99 years she saw a lot of great things think about what she saw since 1922 mm -hmm. um the uh mm -hmm. two wars world, lived through wars. both world war one and world war two mm -hmm. um the vietnam Korea. vietnam the rise and fall of the berlin wall mm -hmm. um the space civil rights, rights civil, civil rights, rights movement, movement. Um, the, the, the rise of women's suffrage, um, mm -hmm. you know, uh, the, uh, like I said, the space race, the tech race, nine 11, um, just the uh, internet, the internet, I mean, literally went from <laughs> one end of the communication spectrum of the, of, of the 1920s and radio 
Yeah. Um, the beginning, it wouldn't begin in the print because print media has been around for years, but went from the be- literal beginning of multimedia communication in radio and mm-hmm. was involved in it, did television, did movies, did internet, uh, just and, and seen it, living it, being involved with the scene. That would be a mind blow to be someone who grew up grew up in the 1920s and the 1930s and then die in the 2020s and seeing that bro we're communicating with people across the world with little handheld devices that just, captain Kirk just, told us about 50 just years think ago. about it just think about it she went through both major depressions yeah she saw both depressions yeah um, that's crazy to think about and she's lived to tell the freaking she's lived to tell the tale the the the, the, the think about the two is she saw the bicentennial, so she mm. saw the country at the the turn. Think about think about it. Nineteen twenty two. You know, we think about going back to to the year two thousand. It seems like it was just yesterday, but it's been mm-hmm. twenty two years. Nineteen twenty two. Her parents, which she grew up in, she grew up around a society that was literally uh, not even mm. a generation removed from the turn of the nineteenth century. Of, I'm sorry, of the 1900s and in, in the 20th century, she was a stone's throw away from the 19th century, and yeah. and it's just it's it's just the people that grew up in there. My, my grandpa, who was born in 1918, the stories mm. I would hear about him growing up. Unfortunately, I lost my grandfather in 1996, but mm. what she saw in yeah. in a century of living, um, Fucking okay, J.R. Haha, World War One ended four <laughs> years prior to her being born. <laughs> But the fall, I, I love, and I, and I was I talking about Adner. this yesterday. Freaking love Atner right now. Well, um, actually, oh, guys, he, he should be our producer, our fact checker. <laughs> Bro, um, yeah, but, Adner, once I'm sorry, Adner, we gotta have you on one of these days, man. Absolutely, yeah, God. Uh, but anyways, God bless Betty White. A lot of people yeah. were lost in 2021. Another one that we lost just days before Betty White, who has had uh, maybe not as large, but had a cultural impact on pop culture um most specifically sports but yeah. really and truly jr you and i know this guy by one word madden john madden the legendary coach died at the age i think yep. of 82 another so. hall of fame career literally mm-hmm. was is the is percentage wise the winningest coach in nfl history to 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 have at least 100 games um won a super bowl Hall yeah. of Famer, mm-hmm. arguably one of the greatest color commentators in sports history. Has a video Arguably game named greatest, after him. What's that? Has the video game named after him. And then has the video game after him. And he went on in his Hall of Fame career. And he goes, what do I want to be known as? He goes, I just want to be known as a football guy. And he, he did that. And, and and when you cross the, the cultural lines that John Madden did was mm-hmm. you had a guy like Vince Scully who did multiple sports, but was known as the voice of the Dodgers and, and whatnot. Um, talk about how I, I I did one football game with John once, and the guy's an ultimate professional. <laughs> it's like, uh, it is a oh, okay, JR or Atner checking into it is the history geek in him, making sure that we are fact checked about World War One. But no, John uh-huh. Madden, um, the video game guy, he his his name will live on in in, in glory Absolutely. for, for yeah. a lifetime. You've played the game. In his good days, you've played the game. In its bad days, it is still people to this day bitch about their Madden rating. 
Um, why wasn't I 99? Why wasn't I this? Yeah. Why didn't I have that? It's, um, it's it's so crazy that his name became so synonymous with it. Let, let's just say it again, man. The, the the Madden series consistently, I think, makes over a billion dollars. Oh, yeah. Right. Consistently. Right. And it's crazy to think that we have a generation of people, right? A couple of generations of, of young adults, generally male, that yeah. think Madden is just a video game and not actually John Madden, the most winningest head coach of all time for football. It's crazy to think that, man. It's, uh, but so that, but that's how so synonymous your name is with a current, like, w- with a current, like, broad spectrum, or at least in this case, the gaming sense of a game, where people know it just by his name. People just know it. And, so, and, and guys, feel free to to tweet at us at PS Comics. I love the letter U and hashtag PS Comics. I love you. Um, for yeah. um, to 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 let us know about your response to Betty White and John Madden. Those mm-hmm. are the two most fresh names um, in, in our memory from yeah. um, who has passed away in 2021. Um, we also lost Christopher Plummer, always the yep. bride, always the bridesmaid, never the bride when it came to winning the Oscar. Uh, legendary actor, of course, famously uh, was in The Sound of Music. Um, someone we grew up with, Jr. Um, we lost uh, Dustin Diamond to cancer. Uh, of course, played right. famously played Screech from Saved by the Bell. Mm-hmm. Um, we lost another icon from, from the multimedia. We lost uh, Larry King this year. Um, mm-hmm. We also lost the always funny, totally irreverent, Cloris Leachman, um, who had a, a, an illustrious career this year, uh, in an illustrious life. Uh, also lost from the sports world. And again, a guy who um, crosses pop culture lines is Tommy Lasorda. Um, and you know, being a diehard Dodger fan, I know I'm biased. It's been shown before we, of course I've got my, my world series trophy here from, yeah. from 2020. Um, and but I, Tommy, I will say, to, yeah, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm just, I will I, say to the one, one of the biggest names for me personally that I lost, of course, is I'm pretty sure you would know too. Uh, pretty sure important. Of course, a culturally relevant, member of the rap community and and just overall music general is dmx dmx we lost him this year too man it's crazy it's, it, we lost him that year too man it's crazy i thought we lost him years ago for for like how crazy 2021 has been <laughs> 2021 feels like it's been 10 years it, it's yeah um it's crazy to think a that, lot man. of great names um that we lost too i mean i'm sure we could talk about um, till we're blue in the face. I'm just looking at what People Magazine uh, had Donald, listed. Um, Bismarcky, a lot oh. of rappers. Um, yeah, I know it was a rough year, and and I, I hope this isn't a a new version of um, the East Coast West Coast that we had back in the '90s. Um, this a lot of it was unfortunate, you know, instances. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, DMX. I know was more uh, natural uh, as best yeah. best to, to describe it um also um for those of you who are friends fans james michael tyler who played gunther um who of course was absent from the friends reunion that aired this year um he died of, of cancer um so just kind of again throw some other some numbers of the yeah I, forgot, I apologize i did i forgot about um and then of course oh michael k williams who yes. um an actor phenomenal even my parents absolutely loved him from the wire 
um, was yep. uh, we lost him this past year. Norm um, Donald. Norm Donald was a huge. Was oh a huge God, Donald was this year too. Yeah, he he was a huge juggernaut in the in the community game as well, man. So it, it's crazy. We've lost a lot oh. of great people. Um, we lost. Thinking of Norm McDonald, um, uh, Jeopardy. Oh yes, good God! Not Pat believe. Sajak, the other one. Pat Sajak. Yeah. Oh my, yeah. I for, oh my gosh, man. Oh my God, why am I drawing a blank on yeah. his he, name? Yeah, come on, yeah. Atner, wake up! Come on, we no, need no, you. No, no, you like I did. Um, but <laughs> oh, uh, gosh. that one, I we kind of. It was one of those like you knew it was coming. But you hope he didn't. The guy brought, yeah, he made learning fun in a game in in a, in a game show that was aggravating at times. Um, but uh, why am I completely forgetting about yeah, the guy who was a Jeopardy? No, one second, Alex Trebek. Alex Trebek. I yeah, apologize. Dude, the legend. Yeah, it just came in my head just randomly. I was looking for it. Spite, which, by the way, the the internet fan favorite to replace uh, Alex is um oh uh what's the most winningest the most winningest uh person well, of uh well no, no, no. The fan favorite everyone wants um what's his name from Reading Rainbow oh <laughs> I wouldn't mind it I wouldn't mind either actually oh, oh my gosh again just again I'm on a brain fog today it's covid effect um yeah. but he was just the grand marshal at the, at the rose parade um that's right that's uh, right do we we lost i've totally forgot we lost larry king this year too man yeah early this larry year. king earlier yeah. this year or earlier 2021 um but yeah let us know what you guys' uh thoughts were on on 2020 was probably the most devastating um person um he passed in 2020 uh larry king trebek uh, died in 2020 I, think I thought it was this year. Into, I'm pretty sure he passed away. I think he was pretty sure he was this year, dude. People magazine, people.com had Larry King. So I don't know if he's talking about Larry King or he's talking about Alex Trebek. Has it been a year? I, I thought he so. died I like right after Norm McDonald. He did pass away in 2020. I think the literally the butt end of 2020. Oh, okay. I apologize. Oh, Trebek died in 2020. Yeah, yeah. November 8th. So okay. the butt end. My bad. But yeah. God, okay. 2020 and 2021 just blended together way too easily. Um, I, I'm, I'm gonna say this: I'm gonna give you the benefit of the doubt because COVID fog is a thing. It is. Um, <laughs> COVID fog is it, a thing, my guy. Like, it, but yeah, but I know. Still, I know. I'd love to Alex Trebek. Um, mm. uh, great guy. And by the way, too, on the tail end of the last episode, we talked about George Perez. Thank God he is still with us. He actually is um, doing some exclusive signings. If you want to go over, not, again, not a shilling for him, but I want to show support for George Perez. If you go over to CGC's website, CGC is doing some exclusive signings with George Perez. Of course, George Perez announced at the tail end of last year that he is um, not going to fight the stage four cancer that has stricken him. Um, so, And doctors have given him right now about three months to live. Um, but uh, he is um, – so, oh, God, okay, I'm going to give a shout-out to, to, to Atner on this one. Yes, Vicente Fernandez, a uh, big one uh, in the music community as yep. well. This guy was uh, – I'm, I'm going to show a little bit of a stereotype here. His style of music kind of all blends together to me. It's me not understanding the language. I'll completely throw myself under the bus. But when yeah, you do play – 
when you do play Vicente's music and and I enjoy I enjoy that style of Mexican music. Yeah. I do. I genuinely do. There's nothing you just have a good time. It's fun. Yeah. Whether and again, the white boy in me, if you're kind of poking fun at it or you are actually enjoying it, it's still enjoyable. And when people pointed out Vicente Fernandez, like, that's a Vicente song. I go, I, I like it. I have no idea what he's saying. I like it. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm not going to buy a CD, but you know, not your if it's on, it's, I will say the one thing about Vicente Fernandez is that he's definitely the type of like for, for the, for the Latin community. It's like, it's like when, in, in the same context of what Beatles has done, and as well as Michael Jackson, their sounds is like everyone's gonna sound the same after them because of how great they sound. And did that's he, why I feel like since Hernandez. I really think, I mean, I'm sure there were people that did that style of music, and for a lack of a better term, I'm just gonna call it Mexican music. Um Spanish music, damn it. What's it? Hispanic. Oh Hispanic whatever. Yeah. It does, yeah. It is going to all sound the same. A lot of it is the language barrier. I don't understand what they're saying. I've learned through the years in, in listening to Spanish music. I, I actually do enjoy when I worked. Um, the story about myself. I used to work at Best Buy. When I worked there, I was in. I was kind of um, introduced to a lot of um, that style of music, a lot of Spanish music, and um, more of it was pop, you know, like um, like Mana, um, uh, more Spanish specific um music from um selena um but i'm sure at some point i was introduced to vicente fernandez um i did there was a guy i worked with who was a hispanic guy um we used to call him sideshow because he had this big old huge uh afro um but he was a hispanic guy actually we used to, some people call him um uh sideshow meaning sideshow bob uh i used to call him Car i said hey i used to call him carlito because he was obviously Latin had the big fro and I showed him the character and he thought it was funny. So he'd walk around with something with an apple. I spit in the face. People who are not, you know, who are cool or not cool. Um, but he was a fan of Vicente Fernandez and he could do that. Ah, that, that, that loud, that kind of holler, um, of the song. So, uh, I always remember when he passed away, I just remembered, uh, this friend of mine from Best Buy that just first introduced me to that music. So, uh, long live the, the legend. Um, Real quick, wrap up 2020 to kind of get it into the fun side. A lot happened. We went back to the theaters this year. Comic-Cons came back in the, in the fall. We had San Diego Comic-Con Special Edition. We had New York Comic-Con. We had C2E2. We had um, Emerald City Comic-Con. Uh, uh, L.A. L, the, yeah. the newly brand was it L.A. Comic Con. It's, yeah, a lot of Comic Cons came back. Just, came back. Just a lot. Yeah, but uh, we went back to the theater. Jr. I know you've yep. been uh, Not, intermittent yeah, it, about your yeah theater it's, going it's, activities. It's very much a combination of one, yes, Corona is still a thing, and two, I still don't. Want, I still don't want to be around people trying to fuck up the movie for me. Type yeah. of thing. You know, if like if I'm trying to enjoy the movie. I want to enjoy the movie. I ain't trying to hear your your punk ass, you know, hollering, hooping, like, bro. I, 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 ha I love watching reaction videos and so people react in movie in movie theaters because it's enjoyable. But if I'm trying to watch the movie in my own personal thing, 
uh, bro, I can't. Like, I might, I might throw some bows on somebody, man. Like, yo, shut the hell. Like, there, there's been a couple of times in my in my heyday, in my youth, man, where there were some people talking, and, and I would like tell them, hey, you know, shut the hell up, or I'm gonna drag you outside and beat your ass, like legit, <laughs> because I'm I'm that type of movie goer that wants that wants to enjoy the movie. I paid, I paid in upwards up to ten to possibly eighty dollars to watch that, not you. <laughs> so. Some of my favorite, yeah, some of my favorite movie going experiences has happened with Marvel movies, and I know in 2020, I'm sorry, 2019, yeah. mm-hmm. um, going to see it with you guys at yeah. Mary Pickford, going to see Endgame, and being with people who appreciate the movie experience, yeah, expri- so. yeah. appreciate the storytelling and and what the Russos and all the actors did, and then yeah. going to Rancho 16 the very next night and when that music hit that, that, that amazing score, uh, by Hans Zimmer, I believe who did Endgame, um, and hearing the portals theme and hearing, um, Sam Wilson go on your left and out walks Shuri, uh, Okoye and, and T'Challa to the music. And then hearing someone and people going nuts in the theater and then hearing a dude in the arena, in the, this, the, this, the theater go uh what was it um umbambe the 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 wakanda chant yep and just being a part of that and like i said so the two op i'm with jr i want to go i want to be with people i want to enjoy it i want to soak it all in i want to be stupid yeah but at the same time uh, but but silent and soak it all in but at the same time i want to go football crowd hooting yep. hollering like we will break down spider-man in the next week or so Mm-hmm. some of the moments in that in that uh moment and yeah. some of the moments that we're gonna talk about here in just a couple minutes yeah, of the yeah. hawkeye but jr we started 2021 with promises of greatness from disney marvel um we started off with a bang and then we ended with an absolute nuke with spider-man no way home so mm-hmm. i want to know you got to sum the pop culture phenomenon that was 2021 into five moments uh we're gonna just go with multimedia moments movies tv shows that kind of stuff what were your top five multimedia moments from 2021 we'll go with five your your five to your number one i I will say it's tough um i will say for the for one of the more relevant things just one uh i mean five would probably be just for me I don't buy media, but like just able to see things in my purview. Just going back to a freaking con was great, right? Just That's going right, back to cons. I went to I went to a Rose City Comic Con. Going back there, of course, it was smaller and everything else. Going back to that, awesome. Four, I would probably say, uh, I'll probably say, oh, for me, being a huge Batman fan, and how I was so like, uh. I don't know. I was so on the fence of possibly Robert Pattinson being Batman. That second Batman trailer came out where like we saw a lot more grittier. Oh, that was up there. That's four for me. Uh number three, three and two would be Marvel would be Marvel based. So a lot of it would have to be in combination of like one, two, just uh number two would probably be the 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 shows for me. Yeah. The continuation of the Marvel of the MCU universe and understanding that there's a lot more going through. Three would probably be 
uh, three probably would be um, with Spider-Man the, uh, would, would be No Way Home. Number one, honestly, for me, the, my best movie from the year, Dune. Oh, okay. I did not see that coming. It's crazy. Like, as much as I'm hyped for Spider-Man, and it's gonna, and this is gonna go into the inevitable Spider-Man review when we have sometime in the next couple of weeks or so. I was one of the people that was spoiled early, right? And I'm like, oh, I hope that's not real. And so I, a lot of the 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 hits for me, a lot of the beats, I saw coming, and I was able to look at it at a very analytical standpoint. Like, all right, cool. How did this go through? How did that go through? Right? I'll, we're gonna break it down again in our in the review for it. With Dune, I came with no expectations. And I and I saw exactly and felt exactly how I needed to because like how Dune for me is probably the perfect the best example of having of knowing how to go from the source material translate as much as that possible into into something you're passionate about the movies Dune if you have not watched Dune in the movie theaters you are missing the fuck out. You want to talk about the originator for a lot, the originator of a lot of things that that is in Star Wars today, that's in Marvel comics today, that's in a lot of like pop culture stuff today. Watch the Dune movie. Watch the Dune movie of two thousand uh, of twenty twenty or twenty twenty one. It is for me the greatest movie that come out this year or last year. And so those are my top five. Uh, for me, um, you know, a lot was a lot was accomplished in twenty twenty one in pop culture. Um, I did not have the opportunity to go back in person to comic cons. Um, and I knew that the level, the, the bar had been raised so high coming out of 2020, most specifically with the, the Disney investors meeting literally weeks before new year's in 2020 and into 2021. And JR did a whole podcast. You go back and listen to it in, in the archives. It was, okay uh top that bitches i think my number five i would have to go fast forward though um to july i had not had a great first half of 2021 i had a shoulder injury pinched nerve in my back um really not feeling well and found out a week and a half uh, actually not even a week and a half i think less than a week that my wife and i got tickets to the world premiere, or sorry, at least the North American oh, yeah. premiere yeah. of Black Widow. Back. The MCU is back, baby. At this point, we had the TV shows, which I'll get to, but Black Widow in theater. After a couple extra viewings, maybe it wasn't up there uh, as I wanted it to. It's an entertaining movie, but getting to go to the global red carpet fan event, Marvel Studios Black Widow, um, was probably one of my, uh, my, my moments of 2021. Um, obviously spending 16 days road tripping over 13 States is up there, but that's not a, a multimedia pop culture event, but I did, um, I'm going to throw in at my number four spot, getting to go to a comic book. Mm. I, uh, um, landmark. And going to Mile High Comics um, was probably one of my favorite moments. So that was for my road trip. Uh, I had to get that in there. Um, had a blast. The owner was there. I didn't want to bug him. He was super busy. So not meeting him. I think his name was Robert, I think is his name. But I apologize for not getting his name. But uh, he was super busy. And I just, I just didn't want to bug him. I'm one of those guys like, he's a celebrity to me. And I was like, no, nah, he's 
he's doing work. He's he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. So, um, but I would have loved to have picked his brainer and say, hey, do you want to come on our podcast? And I might still do that. Uh, he's pretty cool with with fans. Um, but uh, that was my number four moment. Um, I think my my three spot would be um, kicking off the 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 TV shows. Um, WandaVision was weirdly entertaining. Um, Agatha Harkness is by far one of the best characters uh, in the MCU right now. Fight me. Uh, I'll, I'll prove to you why I'm right. Catherine Hahn is the number one reason why she's one of the best characters in the MCU. Um, I'm super pumped for uh, for the, the, the multiverse of madness. A lot of it has to do with Elizabeth Olsen's portrayal of the Scarlet Witch and, 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 and Wanda Maximoff. We've talked till we were blue in the face about why we loved Falcon and the Winter Soldier. A lot of it had to do with um, the the tie-in to the red, white, or the red, white, and black storyline. Um, the yep. uh, the quote unquote first black Captain America. Yeah. Um, Loki was mind blowing. What if was highly entertaining. Hawkeye was surprising. The Disney Plus shows come in at number three. Um, I think my number one is going to be super obvious, but um, there was a lot of stuff um, on on the streaming services, you know, uh, uh, suicide squad was great. I, yep. I wasn't, it wasn't a perfect score, but it was entertaining. Uh, Kong versus Godzilla was a bit of a letdown, but it was still somewhat entertaining. Um, enjoyed that. Uh, just some of the other stuff that was on HBO max. That, that, that was fun. I will side with JR. That second Batman trailer was out of this world, but my number two is going to the movie that totally shocked the world in 2021. And that is your boy, Simu Lu and Aquafina surprising the world with Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. JR, you had this movie pegged as a flop. You were sweating bullets. These was your this was your mm. boy for your culture. I know you're not Chinese, but Asian yeah. culture to come to the forefront. Yeah. You were sweating bullets. We went and saw the movie. Not together, though that would have been fun. And we were like, holy shit, they stuck the landing. That's my number two. Uh, If you haven't seen Shang-Chi, shame on you. It's a great movie. Number one, No Way Home. Yeah. Uh, Just, if it weren't for the pandemic, it would be the number one movie in the world all time. It is number 10. Number 10, folks. It is only the 11th movie in cinema history to make over a billion dollars. One movie, not a franchise, one movie. 11 movies have done it. It's number 10 all time. Think about this. If it were not for the pandemic, tell me it would not be going for James Cameron and also for Avengers Endgame. Going after Titanic, going after Avatar, going after Force Awakens, and going after Avengers Endgame. It would be going for that top top five, top three spot. That's yeah. my number one. Um, real quick. <laughs> what was your biggest letdown of 2021? Other than Betty White dying. Oh, I just had it too, man. Uh, biggest letdown. Oh, fuck. There's a lot of them. There is a lot of them. Mm. 
I I literally just had the it was on it was on the tip of my tongue like about about a minute ago, man. But um was it Matrix? No. Okay, because I've heard that is not good. Yeah, yeah. I gotta watch on I gotta watch it in on my thing. But uh one of the bigger letdowns. Oh fucking Cowboy Bebop. What the fuck am I talking about? Oh yeah. Cowboy Bebop and Cap- checkmate in the first Cap- season. Cowboy Bebop. Uh you want to talk about the Netflixification of anything anime related into live action. If you want to see something die, give it to Netflix. If you want to see something beloved die, give it to Netflix. And they had because some Midas touch for a while. It's not just it's not that, man. It's like they're just trying to do their I understand what they're going for. They're trying to do their best to try to compete with Marvel and Disney. But you can't because even though you're buying all these fucking superhero properties, and not just that, but you're they've been going into this anime anime realm for the last like five years now. They're they're one of the biggest fucking flops that I knew I could never fucking trust them with is when they had Death Note. And Death Note Death Note was an anime that was that had a a huge following and they fucked it by Americanizing it. Yeah. <clears throat> and and with Cowboy Bebop, one of the biggest things in there is that there's there's this constant state of like perpetual, not dread, but like you can't move forward like you're you're stuck in this um what's this uh you're stuck in this purgatory of an individual because you can't move forward because of your past deeds episodes one through five felt like a fucking seinfeld episode and they had such a great showing in some of their in some of their tra- uh so their trailers man it just like if if it had if it had some level of certainness cool i love john cho i love what he's i love i love them in freaking you know harold kumar i love them in in star trek i love them in other things too man but it's like it's so tough to see an actor like that just nothing they can do to save it it's it's one like you know uh, at one side of me like i can't believe you fucking try to do that to spike's people you know and then two, I'm glad I'm I'm really happy that he got the bag though, because like it's Netflix and you got Netflix money, and Netflix was able to fucking throw on all this shit. Like just every time he tried to Americanize something that's that's foreign, it's bad, it, horrible. Because a lot of the time, in order for for Netflix to quote unquote um, do it justice, is to have American uh, American filmmakers that are that are like have some level of Asian origin. Or yeah. try to get the original people, right? To try to some of the original creators, like they did, right? Like some of the writers try to okay some of the stuff and try to try to modernize it. But that's the thing, though. You're playing a space opera crime crime noir film, a crime noir series. Like you're not going to you're not going to try to modernize that because it's it's already it's already a set piece in its own right. So just I can go on about the biggest failure for me of of cowboy of cowboy bebop. And then they got Avatar coming up too. The last we're talking, we're talking about Avatar, the blue people we're talking about. Avatar, the last Airbender. Last Airbender. And, uh, God, dude, I just don't Let's have not, okay. faith in this thing. Let's yeah. not kill JR before we talk about what some of the good things. Uh, one of the probably one of the big surprises of 2021 is, and we'll get into that in just a moment. But my 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 big letdown, going back to my top five list, um, I did enjoy some of the. I know it was the the pillaging of the theater system with what WB did with putting first run movies on HBO max. They were committed to it. They kind of died there at the end of 2021. They were debating on whether or not, cause matrix had such a big buzz that they, and with um, people going back to the theater, 
they almost were going to go like, no, fuck you. Go to the theater if you want to see Matrix. But they're like, no, we promised that yeah. everything in 2021 first run was going to get a simultaneous release. Now, by the way, news for that. WB has now backtracked for 2022. They are going to use the Marvel slash Disney slash whatever, the, the Disney effect. And that yeah. is you get 45 days in theater and then it's going to a digital streaming release. Yeah. Um, now, in comparison, growing up, JR, it was mm-hmm. 90 days. It was three months. You went and saw a movie, especially when we were kids, and we went and saw a movie on Memorial Day weekend, which kicked off the, yeah. the movie season. And we yeah. went and saw Eraser or or Independence Day or or Twister, and we're like, oh my gosh, that movie was so cool! And we didn't get to see it again until V, unless we wanted to go to the theater again. We didn't get to see it on VHS for three months and get to see it at home. Not anymore. We get you have to wait a month and a half, a month and a half, not even a, yeah, but a month and a half. Um, with the exception of Eternals um, and Disney's, of course, uh, reasoning behind Eternals was that. Um, it's uh, they didn't want too much Marvel going on at the same time, so they were giving a breather between the end of Hawkeye and the now January twelfth release of Eternals on Disney Plus and other uh, digital uh, releases. Oddly enough, Eternals was not my biggest disappointment of twenty twenty one. I actually enjoyed the movie; it wasn't great, but it wasn't as bad as some critics made it be. There's some things they could have done better, um, but hey. Uh, Zao, which I can't remember her first name, but um, yeah, but I have she, name she too. tried her best, bless her heart. Yeah, coming off a, a big Oscar win. But my biggest disappointment was Kong versus Godzilla. Um, mm. I was thoroughly enjoying the legendary um, MonsterVerse. I was lo- I loved Kong Kong Skull Island. I think it was an underrated movie. Uh, the original Godzilla um, with Michael uh, with uh, Brian Cranston and uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson and and. And, and Elizabeth, Elizabeth Olsen, Olsen. Yeah. Um, was a super underrated action monster movie. Yeah. Godzilla King of the Monsters, holy F, that movie completely exceeded my expectations. Um, but Kong versus Godzilla was convoluted. It was all over the place. It is continuing to jam down our throats, the Millie Millie Bobby Brown effect. I apologize. Never watched Stranger Things. I do want to sit down and watch it. I really don't think she's that good of an actress. Bless her heart. She tried. It just wasn't good. Um, But Kong versus Godzilla, it, it was entertaining. It had its moments, but it was, it was trying to, cram 15 pounds uh, cram 15 pounds of shit into a 10 pound bag and it mm-hmm. just didn't work um but at least i didn't go to the theaters i wouldn't watch it on hbo max mm-hmm. um anything you want anything else you want to add on that before we get to the main event which is the big surprise of 2021 oh uh the one thing i will say that oh, that's also on my list of like soon to be letdowns of 2020 I'm on episode three or four right now of Witcher, second season. Oh, and it is. I'm a huge Witcher fan. I'm a big CD project. I'm a big CD project Red fan. We did. That's we talked about know. this a couple a couple months ago. Witcher three is my top five games of all time. Right. Um. See, I will. I'm. I'm 
I was hyped for fucking Cyberpunk 2077, and I'm going to do a one-year review of it eventually, right? Notice how, how we did now. not talk about Cyberpunk in our lists for good reason, because we beat the shit out of that game for all year long. Yeah. <laughs> and and again, and again right now, Netflix, having the fucking Netflix effects is... is um, Witcher 2 is not good? Let's say, again, for um, how I said before, and the reason why I put Dune as my number one is because when you have an established franchise and do it justice and bring it into effect for from a passion project, the the showrunner for Witcher has said herself that she's a fan of the series, the fan of the book series, that she's a huge fan of it, and she wants to do it justice. Episode two of Witcher season two. Mm-hmm. You have a very very pivotal character, not just in the games but in the books as well. Not who we. F- I'm not gonna spoil anything. I'm not gonna spoil anything. It's just, uh, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll just say it's the Netflix effect for now. Right for right uh, now. For right now, three episodes in, it's not looking good for the Henry Cavill comedy drama on Netflix. And Henry Cavill does his fucking best. I will say that Henry Cavill cool. does his best. And I and 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 for a for a fan, and as much as I try to look past just some things, like one of the, like a couple of the characters not looking like who they're supposed to look like. One of the biggest ones is uh is and I'm gonna get roses for it. One of the characters who's 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 African American, not African, not American. Actually, who's uh who's uh who's black? Uh, she's not American. She's not American at all. Yeah. No, she, but she's she's African heritage, right? She plays Fringilla, right? Who's black? In in the in the show, the yeah. reason why this character Fringilla is so important is because when Yennefer, right, the the main the the main one of the two main co co stars right the the woman there she's a love interest or the main love interest of Gerald right Gerald in the comics or no Gerald in the books as well as the video games um gets with a Frangilla because of how much she looks like Yennefer so how with one of the biggest stark contrasts of how I'm not saying that this woman is not beautiful at all but one of the biggest things for Geralt is that he's still trying to get he's still trying to get over Yennefer, and he's to the point where he's just gonna he's gonna just sleep with anyone that looks like her. This Frangilla does not look like fucking Yennefer, and I got past that. I legit got past that for the first season. The second season, they're just adding more new shit that is so not Witcher anymore that it's just like I I don't know if I can fucking continue this series just for not. the sheer fact that it's how fuck how like they're just throwing everything out of the fucking window. So I'm like, so yeah, it's not on good terms for me right now. Well, so send your uh, send your hate tweets or hate messages to at also not JR Comics <laughs> forty two one on Instagram. You just you just don't oh, like I... strong black black women. Like it's not even that motherfucker. I'm just kidding. I I I've seen a, a bits and pieces of The Witcher, and um, it looks entertaining. It just never gravitated to me it's like stranger yeah. things i don't hate on it I, I don't not i don't not approve it but it's just not my thing um and people are like oh you should watch it you'll get hooked on it instantly and i'm like or it's, i couldn't um i will say it, it's, um, it's decent it's just, i did uh, get hooked on a, on a before we get to the main event um i did get hooked on a, on a great show this past this past year and it ended it's a fourth season on sunday oh, and that of yeah. course is yellowstone um, so good. People who know me know that the greatest, in my opinion, the greatest TV show that was ever made was The Sopranos. 
I will watch that a time. I watched over and over and over and over again. I, the, the, the writing, the acting, the character development, the storytelling, the edge of your seat, uh, edge, edge of your seat drama and excitement of that show. It makes you root for a mobster. It makes you root against the FBI. What, how do you not tell me that that is the greatest drama that ever was? Yellowstone is right there with it. It is same thing it makes you root for the bad guy it makes you root against the good guy in some cases and sometimes there's such a gray area you don't know where the good and the bad begins and ends um if you haven't watched it you should the first three seasons are available on peacock again we're not shilling but i'm just going to point you in the right direction of where to go um all of season four is now available on the paramount network not to be confused with paramount plus which is where the spinoff 1883 is uh, being streamed exclusively. But if you want a show, it's not family friendly. It is not for kids, uh, but Yellowstone is, is great. And uh, I'm hooked. I'm finishing up season four right now. Uh, but JR, this main event, mm -hmm. this, I think we kind of knew what we were getting with WandaVision. Yeah. It was going to be weird. Mm -hmm. uh, Falcon, the winter soldier, it was going to be a buddy cop. It was going to be Winter Soldier 2.0. It was going to be that action-filled cinematic TV show that Kevin Feige kind of teased at Comic-Con in 2019. What we got was a thought-provoking story of what was going on in the world in 2020 and 2019 and 2021. Um, we got the weirdness that we fully expected from a Tom Hiddleston Loki TV series and some, um, yeah. I think that Owen Wilson was a surprise to be added to the Marvel oh. cinematic universe. Mm -hmm. What if maybe we got what we were expecting? Maybe we got a yeah. little bit more than what we expected, but a Jeremy Renner, the, as, as some will say, the shittiest Avenger got his own show. What were you going to expect? The the worst kept secret in the world, Haley Steinfeld, is Kate Bishop. What was this show going to be about? And JR, from day one, you can go back and watch the playlist on YouTube or listen to it on, on wherever you listen to your podcast. But from episode one, you and I have said, this was the surprise hit that Marvel needed, that, that Marvel, that Disney Plus needed to drive subscribers. Hawkeye was a a surprising success and the first three or four episodes were crazy and if you want to go back and listen to our wrap-up yeah. in the archives you can't but the yeah. last two episodes jr yeah i holy f yeah i i feel like i think i remember my 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 opinion on like the first like couple episodes it was it was more so i i knew to get my expectations down if I remember correctly uh. <laughs> wow Wow. wow, I'm pretty sure we get it for season. We'll two, get it, season okay. two. but like, um, uh, for I know for me, like, I knew that I was not supposed. I, mean, I knew that I, I wasn't going to try to compare it to the other episodes, right? Because that's just hard to do. So, uh, it did surprise the hell out of me. Uh, comes I think episode three, right? Episode three, and um, it was really well done in the late in the later part of the series because the first two episodes was cool was fun it was a little bit you know it had very much the feel of the christmas the christmas special you know tv show or you know movie right it felt very much that way and then it got super serious and really really freaking good you know episode 3 onward yeah 
and yeah, it was it was definitely some of the better, if not yeah, probably the best, one of the best episodes in the whole like in the whole like Disney plus uh MCU uh TV shows for me. Episode three specifically. Uh, episode four was really freaking great as well. Episode five, all, all the way up to six. <clears throat> um, actually, six was felt more like the um, not a letdown, but it was on the decline of the curve yeah. because like, but it was overall a fun time. Man. It was a really freaking fun time. I, it's for me, it's number two. It's number two on on the on the uh, on the Disney Plus side of things, where it very much felt like because of how much of a surprise it was and yeah. how control it was it felt like hawkeye had a better rounded character like throughout like he's dealing with his past he's already he's trying to um he's dealing with the, his past sins he's trying to deal with a lot of other things inside bring up this new girl and and then finally you know bring some closure and some homage and some grace into black widow thanking black widow thanking natasha for her service and 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 finding time to relent now like okay we can actually Try to mourn her because it felt like we haven't mourned her at all in other series. So, but yeah, man, it was a great surprise. It was a really good surprise for me. Where we yeah, left like, off I, in yeah. episode four was yeah. the big reveal. Uh, Yelena Belova. Yelena. Big action sequence. Probably one of the best fight scenes that we've seen in the Disney okay. Plus MCU uh, yeah. storytelling. I put it right um, there with anything. I put I put it right there with in, in anything that... uh. That um freaking Shang Chi in Shang Chi. Yeah, right I say now. it could be one of the top fight scenes of the MCU period. Yeah. Um, uh, still, the the scaffolding scene in in Shang Chi is probably one of my favorite fight scenes in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Um, so we end with this great fight scene. It's it's Hawkeye. It's Kate Bishop. Yeah. Um, it's um, uh, Echo. Um. Yeah. And it's now the unmasked Yelena Belova. She, of course, the see, the episode ends. She jumps off the uh, the the I building. Kate building. Bishop is fired by by um, by uh, Hawkeye. Yeah, you're not my partner. You, you know, someone just hired a a Black Widow assassin to come kill me. It's blah, super blah, serious blah. now. Yeah. So that's how it ends. She goes back, dejected, back home. Um, her mom is both excited and upset that her daughter is home safe and not with an Avenger. Yeah. And this leads to her spilling the beans of what she knows about her, what we assume is to be her future stepfather. Yeah. um, Jack uh, Deshane, I think it is. Duquesne, some of that? Yeah. Yeah. The swordsman. Um, Yeah. So her, her mother's, boyfriend jack um there's something up to him he's got this shell company blah 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 blah. um and her mom eleanor is like oh my gosh tell me more blah 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 fast forward we see that jack is being arrested um the mom's like hey thank you kate for telling me about this i'm glad you came to me um you know he's he's not who we thought he was so we're like we were right the swordsman Jack, he's 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 the bad guy. Oh, contraire, my friend. Um, but let's kind of get to what a lot of people were talking about in episode five, and that is the banter 
between Yelena Belova and Kate Bishop. Kate Bishop yeah. leaves her mom's uh, townhome, goes back to her apartment, and yeah. she finds that there's she a black, black widow, widow in her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It um, was, it was, yeah, it was, it was, uh, I don't know how the hell the MCU, or I don't know how the hell Marvel got Florence Puig, but they got a fucking gem. Oh, they got absolutely. a diamond. Good God, man. She is really, really freaking great. And granted, like, this is the same, this, this is, uh, she has has a lot of critical claim to her name just in her own right, just in her own right. Like, you know, I think of um, uh, Midsummer, dude, that great freaking movie. I can't believe they got her from that. And just, one, this constant thing of like getting these actor actresses and actors so young that's so talented and pushing them forward, like, hey, here's the freaking kings of the kingdom now. What's she gonna do with it? And just like her banter, one one, I think I feel like her her Russian accent got better, right? And that's it's it's uh it's cool. Her Russian her Russian accent got better throughout uh throughout her time in the MCU. Uh for those who have watched Black Widow the movie, you know what I'm talking about, and just her uh her overall playfulness, I'll say that playfulness, her her uh, very casual tone with Kate Bishop, <laughs> constantly saying Kate Bishop around was really freaking great. Like I just don't know how the hell like Marvel keeps on pulling this type of stuff off of getting these awesome freaking actors and actresses it's, to like it's not crazy. it doesn't have that that stigma anymore. Yeah, and when they it's the Robert Downey Robert Downey Jr. effect and and. I, I got to say this. I, I got to show this off. I, I don't know if we're going to have any time at the end of the podcast to do a flex pool, but I'll, I'm going to do a mid-show flex pool. Yeah. My One of my Christmas presents this year from my wife was I got the story of the of Marvel Studios. Um, it's a two-volume, gigantic book set. Uh, um, you can get it on anywhere books are sold. You can get it on Amazon. Yep. This is, not to be blasphemous, this is the Bible of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It tells the story in detail of where guys like Kevin Feige came from and yeah. what he did to work his way from being a fledgling uh, 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 st- mm-hmm. First off, the guy couldn't get into USC at first. Gets into USC. Applies and was getting rejected by their cinematic school. Finally yeah. gets accepted and then works his way into working with some of the biggest um, creators at the time. Yeah. And he worked on X-Men, worked on Spider-Man, worked on worked he, on a blade. Basically, um, every every Marvel S character that was out, he was on the he was yeah. on the docket. And say, but uh, before and he worked his to, way into being who he is now. And before we get off to before we get off Marvel uh, Studios, yeah. Yeah, before we get off uh, topic a little bit too much now, um, going back to the to the episodes, just again, you can't say you can't just give you can't gush enough of Florence Puig. Just and, her. Again, it goes back to the Robert Downey Jr. effect. Yeah. That's what I was getting at. Yeah. I apologize. No problem. Just uh, just going back to her and just like you just can't gush enough about Florence and just how her the it feels like she's natural with anyone on scene. Yeah, her her and uh, her and and. Uh, and Haley just are so enigmatic with each other. Like, granted, they're millennial kids, right? So it, there's that there's that millennial type of thing where like you're able to talk, and the ego is super low. When I feel when I feel like just for them to have these type of like just like a uh, millennial s remarks and comments for each other, I'll just say that 
so uh, how about the, the the constant use of sriracha? Was it the, the that hot sauce? Uh, the hot sauce, yeah. The sriracha or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> that was yeah. a lot of hot sauce. Yeah, it, it uh, was it was good, man. It was good. Before we get into that that great banter between the two, forgot about this. Let's go mm-hmm. back to the beginning of the episode. There's a moment at the beginning of that episode where we are introduced to what has gone on between the end of Black Widow and where Yelena Belova has gone in her adventures since mm-hmm. um, losing, well, no, actually at this point, not losing, but the end of um, of, Hawk, Black of Black Widow, which yeah. would be at the tail end of the, uh, of, of, um, of Civil Infinity War. So this is, no, Civil War. And okay. you see her and another Black Widow where this is, again, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Black Widow, shame on you. Um, into Black Widow, um, the, the Red Room is gone. The there the Most of the Black Widows have been deprogrammed. De, uh, and yeah. now Yelena is going around with that antidote and trying to free the other ones that are amongst the world and we found that out in black widow that there are literal thousands of yep. young women that were trafficked by the red room by Drakoff, yeah and are in p- positions to topple governments yelena is trying to one by one systematically take down these black widows and save them they go to this this mansion and they're there to save a a former widow only to find out she's not brainwashed anymore and she's yeah. made a life for herself as a contract killer yeah um yelena excuses herself to the restroom and blips we find out that yelena belova blips at what would be the events at the end of infinity war yep her blip though shows what those people's characters went through that instantaneous where she's all of a sudden dust and then back and and her looking around and seeing the world change around her, the, the wallpaper and 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 the fi- the light fixtures change, and she's yeah. looking confused, like what the fuck is going on? Well, think about it in the in the snap of a finger, in an instant, in five seconds, she is seeing five years yeah. change before her very eyes. That was such a probably one of the most poignant moments in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's arguably the the best example of the blip that we've seen since infinity war. And I, I just, I forgot to go back. I wanted to go back to that. Such a poignant scene. And again, yeah. it goes to Florence Pugh and her ability as an actress um, to just that conveys the emotions of what just happened. And then of course her going, I have to find, I have to find Natasha, Natasha. you know, yeah. I have to make sure she's okay. And of course, at that point, we know since she's back, yeah. that game. we know what happened yeah. with Natasha Romanoff. So let's go back though. Florence Pugh, Haley Steinfeld, mm. um, Yelena Belova, and Kate Bishop uh, have arguably one of the best banter's. In yeah. are we seeing the Dark Avengers, the Young Avengers? West Coast Avengers. What What do you think, Jr? I mean, what, I what are we seeing building? I just feel like it's a continuation of of, of the already established Avengers right now. Granted, it's probably going to be a new a Young Avengers timeline. Yeah, most likely. It's just more so for right now. Like, 
I feel like it's gonna be like semi new Avengers slash Champion Squad type of thing. I think yeah. that's how they're gonna go because Ooh. of how because everything that's gonna come into play. <clears throat> but yeah, granted, like people forget about that that this the character development that they're heading towards. If they do inevitably, and this is not spoiling anything per se, yeah. but if they ever inevitably introduce Miles Morales, yeah, it's it's gonna they're happen. going more towards it's a Champions group gonna, than anything else. It's, Going to have one Kamala Khan, just instantly Kamala Khan. Yeah, I, 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 I can't really, uh, not top of my head. I just, I don't remember Kamala Khan being in new in Young Avengers. Not she necessarily. Was, she was actually a first run Avenger along with yeah. Nova and Miles Morales. They were yeah. kicked out. They were all new, all different Avengers. It was like there 2000, that was it. 16, 2017 run. Yeah, that was They're it. They're booted. They go to champions. champions. So that was basically it. So it's gonna go more so on that end of like. It's gonna happen, right? Eventually, like we're eventually, if that happens, we're gonna we're gonna see Viv, we're gonna see we're gonna see a bunch of other characters, and so that's why I feel like for me, and the reason why I think Miles gonna come out because of, we're gonna break down, we're gonna break down Spider Man in the no next couple weeks, and just to say it out loud, just so you know, I've been saying this for freaking weeks, we're gonna have the Spider Verse event, we're going to, yeah, there's gonna be, everything's just lining up for a Spider Verse event, and it's we're gonna, and if that happens, that means we're gonna see Miles in live action. And I think and hopefully, also, I really think we're going to get a Secret Wars. Um, we're, and, and not only that, we might have a Spider Gwen as well. Because, oh, yeah, would be again, awesome. that, 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 uh, yeah. guys, we can it's, chase that. We're going to see Spider Gwen. Yeah, I don't know. Just, so, just, just, just thinking Andrew Garfield and whoever's going to play Spider Gwen is, oh my God, yes. But, um, sorry, spoilers. I apologize. Sorry. All right. So, we it's have this good. great interaction between Yelena. And Kate Bishop, um, yeah. funny, um, poignant, yeah, dramatic, um, comedic, but uh, very important to storytelling. She leaves the apartment. Um, yeah. you know, uh, Kate needs to warn uh, Clint Barton. Fast forward a what? little bit. Yeah. Um, they go to the apartment uh, to uh, the um, one of the the police officers who were one of the LARPers. Um, I can't yeah. think of his name. Yeah. Um, uh, I forgot his name too. He was awesome, but yeah, Clint does his whole Ronin thing. I'll just say that. We'll just yes. go, we'll just oh, move that's along. Right. He does his Ronin thing, where uh, uh, inevitably he puts back on the Ronin suit. He takes uh, he takes out um, Echo's uh, Echo's group there, and uh, she basically unveils Ka- Kazi. 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 Yeah. He he unveils himself to her, and she figures out like, oh, you, why you gotta show me this because uh, you know, you're gonna kill me or something? Like, why do this? Like, no, I'm doing this so that and you know who I am. If you go with my family, I can't kill you. But the reason why I'm here is because your boss told me, your boss sold you out, your informant sold you out, and so that was the big, uh, that was the big, big uh, tease, big tease Oof. thing there, and uh, uh, yeah, uh, Kate Bishop goes in to save, uh, uh, to save uh, Hawkeye because or Clint because uh, because at that moment I think Echo had the upper hand on him, yeah, and then they escape, they go back to that person's house, the Larper's house, and um, yeah. You know, Elena is following after that great little you know diatribe or that great little back and forth between her and and and, uh, and Kate. Uh, Elena follows Kate's mom. She's with somebody, having a meeting with somebody. Sends her pictures and says, "Hey, who was this guy by my mother?" And then goes, "Oh, that's the guy I was you know scared of this whole time." Shows the kingpin, the kingpin, which is and not just any kingpin, Vincent. It's in D'Onofrio. Motherfucking man. D'Onofrio. I was as Wilson fucking, Fisk. I was fucking hyped for this shit, dude. It was I so good, dude. 
my shit. And one of the best moments, too, of that episode was at the very end of the credits. There was no in-credit scene, but a silhouette of this massive-bodied, yeah. basically the comic book version of yeah. silhouette of the Kingpin that we've known for decades. Um, yeah. We find out at that point, it is follow the yellow brick road. It is Eleanor Bishop who hired mm -hmm. um, Val so, Valentina yeah. uh, Valentina to hire um, Elena to yeah. take out Clint Barton. Like I said all along, man, she was the big bad. This whole freaking thing. And at the end of the yellow brick road beyond Eleanor Bishop was the kingpin. Kingpin. Now at the fast forward now, episode six, we find out why is Eleanor Bishop in the, the, um, clutches of the kingpin why are they working together well it finds out apparently eleanor's husband k bishop's father had some money on the street he was running numbers with the kingpin who has been for years the well for lack of a better term the kingpin between the behind the mafia of the of new york now yep. time out for a moment here it has been confirmed by both Kevin Feige and Vincent D'Onofrio that the Kingpin, the Wilson Fist that we see in Hawkeye is the same Kingpin and Wilson Fisk from the Marvel Netflix Daredevil series. Yep. Mm -hmm. Wink for our Spider-Man uh, spoiler review coming soon. Yep. Just, ju ju just saying, okay? Yeah. Just saying. It's out there. Which is... so. Yeah. Holy F. And by the way, cinematographer for shooting Wilson, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio made him look massive. He's a big guy. He always beefed yeah. up for that role. They shot him he, and he, he looked like fucking Kingpin. He, he looked great. I, I will say, though, I think because of, because of his age and just um, where, where he's at in life, he got a little bit skinnier in comparison he, to his like first couple seasons. Of, got of a little Kingpin, turkey is, neck going. Yeah. Which is fine. You know, I want him to possibly pay kingpin as long life as he fucking can that's great even though he got slimmed down a little bit maybe maybe a, a bodysuit a la yeah i think <laughs> they said that they, they they i think they've said that because it was so secretive he had to mm -hmm. be careful about putting on the pounds because it would have given it away he did yeah. look skinnier and less full obviously he's mm -hmm. an older gentleman than where he was yeah six seven years ago when he shot season one of, of daredevil um but they yeah, shot him well. They did. I think they said they had a bodysuit on him. Yeah. They, they they trimmed the white suit. By the way, that first scene in the white suit and the freaking cane. Oh, yeah. just the the intention to detail. Yeah, he and was he great. That, that voice, that gravelly, like like. And one of my one of my friends is watching Daredevil for the first time and mm -hmm. is in love with Wilson Fisk. Yeah, Wilson. The way D'Onofrio plays him, just like, uh, like, yeah. uh, like he's at any given time, he's gonna he's snap that. your neck, yeah, yeah. or it's, put your head into a SUV door and possibly just keep on banging. It's banging. it's great to have him back. It's like oh my God, when yes. he's when 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 I first freaking saw in episode six, we're we're starting episode six now, and and his walk, like you just ultimately see him, and it's him, it's Vincent D'Onofrio. He sits down and he's very much the exact same mannerisms, the exact, the exact same, you know, attention to detail. That little like a that little like um a twitch of his lips and like his constant um his constant use of like um his speech pattern, yeah. right? I'm like, okay, 
he's in it. It's great. This is it. He's serious. And he was hella menacing, dude. And I love it. For those who are wondering about the continuity. Mm -hmm. Okay. The events of episode or go back. Let's go back in time. The events of season three of uh, the the sequence of events that take place in the Marvel Netflix Daredevil series. We know that with Daredevil episode or Daredevil season one, we know that the events of Daredevil season one takes place shortly after the events of Avengers and the rebuilding of New York. It's, it's not like, like right after, but it's, it's a year or two removed from the events of Avengers, which in continuity takes place in about um, like 2010 to 2012. It's pretty close to real time. So we know that the events of, Marvel of Netflix's Daredevil probably starts around 2013. Yeah. They don't make any other real reference to the events of of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so it's assumed that the events of Daredevil and all the other Netflix shows probably all are crammed into a continuity three or four years. Yeah. So we're looking like everything probably took place prior to the blip. Yeah, uh, because again, they never none of the characters blipped in the Marvel in the Netflix shows. I would assume, and a lot of fans think this, that the events and of course the final episode of the Netflix series was Jessica Jones season three. Yeah. Um, so you have you have Daredevil, uh, Luke Cage, the Defenders, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, yeah. and Punisher. I believe all take place prior to Infinity War. Yeah. So with that said. The last we saw Wilson Fisk was him being arrested. Um, he was at the Presidential Hotel, which, by the way, we saw in episode one of Hawkeye. Yeah, yeah. Last we knew, Wilson Fisk owned that that building. Assumed he still does. So, fans, yeah. let's go back to see episode six. Why is Wilson Fisk in the back of like a Chinese laundromat <laughs> in some like like just an office that Wilson Fisk would never be in? Why? Yeah. Why not? He's gotten out of prison. He is arguably one of the most notable uh, figureheads in New York City based on his social standings in in the in the Netflix Daredevil series. Why is he in this laundromat and why is he so clandestine? That's why. And I think that's, that he is in hiding much like he is in some aspects of the comic books. Yes, he was the mayor of New York and he did all this stuff. He was this massive figure, but there were times where he was very clandestine very yeah. secretive in the comic books. And I think that's what we saw with this series is that Wilson Fisk is now gone underground and he's working shadow games. Yeah. Which is, flight. which is, it sounds very much like Wilson Fisk's character in general. Anyway, he's yeah. very much, even though he, even he, in the Netflix series, he was that way a little bit. He well, granted like the Netflix series, he was a lot more of a public figure in a certain sense too. He was, his name was out there. His name's he was, you know, he was um being cohorts with like certain, um, certain big public figures figures in New York were mayor or so in the time. But I do feel like I had, I had this theory up for a while uh, for a minute where I'm thinking like, how would they introduce the Marvel, the Netflix Marvel film or Marvel's uh, TV shows. And one of the theories that I thought would like, maybe when either, either um, Tony or, or um, not Tony, but um, the Hulk, the whole professor Hulk, right. When he first initially snapped, I wondered if when he snapped bringing people back, he actually brought other other realities into his own reality too. 
and they already kind of established himself through that timeline. That was one thing. Be like, how are you gonna if if somehow we're gonna have you know Wilson Fisk and all these characters come back to MC come to the MCU? How is that gonna transition transition work? That was one possible thing too. The other thing is that yeah, they're just gonna just kind of shoot in the rug and possibly you know you know make sense of it somehow, which is gonna happen in the Echo series. Yeah. Where they're gonna they're gonna try to make sense of it, and so yeah, Wilson Fisk at this point in time has always been part of the MCU now, has exactly. always been part in continuity, and, and I, yeah, it just it very much fits his character where he just underground, he's gonna just try to rebuild his empire. Um, Daredevil was a name and it still is a name that I'm guessing <laughs> that I'm guessing has been part of it for so long, the MCU for so long now, and he's just been doing his own thing in his own neighborhood, a la Spider Man. So yeah. again, granted, how that comes to uh, granted, how that'll come to be, we'll we'll go to that bridge. We'll cross that bridge that bridge eventually when Echo comes when Echo comes uh, series comes out. I think sometime was it next year or this year? But one of those. One I, of, I think it's rumored to be at the tail end of this year, but I have to imagine that Echo is probably. They've got a pretty crammed schedule. We do have yeah. a few more episodes of Book of Boba Fett. We're one episode yeah. in. I think it's a six episode season. I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah. So even Which if it is, goes to eight, like like yeah. uh, Mandalorian it's, was, it's it's fine. We've got. I, I think She Hulk. It's either She Hulk or Moon Knight from, is next. Yeah. It's um, one of these things where it, it, what Marvel is doing right now, what Disney is doing right now with with its shows, is fine. They can do whatever the hell they want, but it's just more so we this bridge particular of having of trying to have transition both the Daredevil s franchise and characters into the MCU with Echo's character is going to play a big part in understanding how the hell they came to the MCU. But going on to the to the actual episode in general, you see that uh, that um, what's her name? The mother's name again? Oh, Eleanor. Eleanor. Well, we come to see that Eleanor she has a contingency plan, says that, hey, no, no, I'm out because my daughter is in it now. I'm out. And uh, this and Nafrio being king, king uh, being kingpin is being kingpin and being that very threatening, very demonstrative figure, and just says, "All right, no, like um, we have to, we we're gonna we're gonna make her and everyone else know why they should fear me again," and that was just like an awesome breaking sign. Flash for a little bit, uh, flash for a little bit more. We see that Echo comes to comes to Vincent is now that uh, not a Vincent, but it comes to kingpin. Kingpin now is uncle in the sense. And she asked for like, hey, I just need some time off. Yeah. And then Vince, uh, and then Kingpin's like, oh man, yeah, she she turned on us. We have to get rid of her too. And again, man, he's just so much like the, so much like the Netflix series Kingpin that I just so come to like freaking, like admire in a certain sense. Like, yeah, this is him. This is that Kingpin. This is not a watered down Kingpin. This isn't a PG thirteen Kingpin. This is rated M Kingpin. Should be. Yeah, this is him that we remember. Fast forward to the uh, to the big action sequence where they go to the the party, the the mother's party event. Uh, things happen. Uh, Kate can uh, Kate confronts her mother about everything she's done. It wasn't Jack's fault. It was her fault. Jack, like I said before, is just a dude, and he's just a dude. And um, <laughs> he's a great dude, but he's just a dude in this one. And uh, yeah, uh, the uh, the the tracksuit mafia come to basically take out Ronan, aka Hawkeye, and and Kate Bishop, as well as Eleanor, and we have this huge fight scene, this huge fight sequence that comes apart. Elena's there, and again the banter comes to uh, comes to comes to play again when they, dude, like some of the most enjoyable parts of the episode for me was just the Elena and Kate Bishop, 
uh, and Kate banter of them fighting up the elevator of them just like having these like these moments like ah they're gonna be the you know they're gonna be the next generation of Hawkeye and Black Widow. It was such a fun episode for me from that standpoint. Like it was it it didn't feel like an hour. I will say that it just didn't feel it, like fifty minutes. It didn't. It was it 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 got a little um it got a little quick um at yeah. times um I was. Both excited, elated, uh, and disappointed by the end of the mm-hmm. episode with their handling of Wilson Fisk. There mm-hmm. was a lot of things that I enjoyed. There was a lot of things I didn't enjoy. Um, it it got like it was all of a sudden like they were like they said they were it was playing out like a Daredevil episode, very M rated. Mm-hmm. It was going to be dark. It's going to be gritty. He, um, he, the the sound of Vincent D'Onofrio playing. Uh, Wilson Fisk, and then it turned into like this. This week on Hawkeye, it was back to the fun kind of PG show that we were mm-hmm. getting. Um, I, overall, uh, I really don't think they stuck the landing very well. I felt think it felt a little rushed. But we go to the party. We find now that that uh, Kate and and Clint's friends from the NYPD, the Larpers are involved yeah. um, with their little uh, crew trying to take down um, Eleanor Bishop. They know now is the, the big um, yeah. reveal funny moment. Jack DeShane is out of jail with the world's most obvious sidearm, sword. his sword. Yeah. Um, he ends up actually being, hold on real quick. I, I got to throw it up there. Spoiler alert, a good guy. Um, I like that. I got blood on my tie. Um, I, I think he that was a saving grace of the episode. Of course, then we see the big costume reveal um, mm-hmm. that the LARPers made for the uh, our our twin heroes, um, which were very comic accurate, including the big yep. arrow pointing down um, on on Clint's costume. We didn't get to yeah. see the mask. I know people were disappointed with that, but whatever. It's stupid, and it's from 1967. Mm-hmm. Um, but all in all, the 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 scene on um on rockefeller center was yeah. was entertaining um and then we see i'm oh, sorry go ahead we get a moment too like even though this happened with vincent Nafio and kate bishop we get a moment with elena belova and with elena and hawkeye or and clint just about uh just about um kate, uh, about natasha and how like oh yeah yeah it was a beautiful scene it was a great scene because like it was <laughs> it felt like all the a lot of the fans like just try to materialize their feelings of of uh, of how they feel like Natasha was done dirty by MCU, right? Yeah. Into Elena, and Elena feels the same. And like Elena was that, like, dude, like if I was there, she would she would be safe. And case like and 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 Clint's like, no, she beat me. Yeah. You wouldn't. You if you knew if you know her, she'd do this. She'd sacrifice herself. She, like, you know, she would. And like, yeah, that was a beautiful scene. And again, big ups to Florence because her acting in that particular scene, she could go from like funny and quirky and zany in one scene with Kate Bishop, you know, fighting through offices, right? Going through things and like having these these freaking lines like, oh, oh yeah, that, that thing, that throw maneuver, it was great. Like, ah, oh, don't make me like you, right? And from that scene to her basically, you know, holding back her tears from crime because she lost, she, 
she finally has some level of like, okay, this is some type of closure. Yeah. Where great. Like she shows all she showed a lot of range just right there. And it was it was great for me. It was really good. Just see that. Just see that. Um, but going from that point into the biggest con- point of contention I know for you, the Kingpin, the handling of Kingpin. Yeah. And I will say this, uh, they made Kingpin look strong, right? Because Kate was super out of her depth. And the only thing that would save her is one plot armor saved the hell out of her. You know, just all those arrows there, and then she and then Kate was able to like use that little fling maneuver that she that she caught from a that she learned from Clint, and to basically hit all those explosive arrows underneath the underneath the um, uh, kingpin. That at the end, broke in half and stuff like that. He yeah. broke in half. Yeah, and then uh, inevitably he he gets she gets her mother, uh, her mother um, arrested for the death as well as the coercion all that stuff. Right. Yeah. And then and then the handling kingpin where we where kingpin Dinsnafio walks down the street is in front of Echo. And ultimately, Echo uh, the the camera pans back and Echo. Supposedly, it shoots well, pan, it pans up, pans up, pans up, and, and yeah, it, there's a gunshot. Yeah. Um. Now the the as they call it, the Joss Sweden rule, which of course is no body, no death. Yep. Um. The way you explain it, actually, in the long run, actually, it makes me feel more more better. I know it's not a whatever. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel better about the handling of Kingpin because, like, you're right. He gets hit by a car. Eleanor Bishop tries to redeem herself. She she gets into a car and literally runs over Wilson Fisk. Yeah. Okay, he's dead. No, no. he's not. He <laughs> get he, he goes into this toy store or wherever it was and beats. And this is again, this is Kingpin. This is Wilson Fisk. He does not give a shit. He beats the crap out of Kate Bishop. He beats the crap out of a 20-year-old girl. He's not even trying. And he's, he's a just, he's a nuisance. He went TV 14, M rated Wilson yeah. Fisk, ah, and just started chucking around yeah. all uh, they do with the the Russian with the SUV door. And dude, see episode, see season one of Daredevil yeah. on Netflix. Yeah. Um, so he goes full Wilson Fisk. Yeah. And then, like you said, Jared says she, she creates a training reaction with these broken arrows that inevitably explodes. And again, oh my God, they killed Wilson Fisk crap mm. they just wasted an opportunity with vincent d'onofrio's kingpin and then you see him like limping down the street out. like you can't freaking kill me and then here is his niece my uh, uh maya lopez aka yeah. echo with a gun to his face and he's just like good kill me and then, of course camera pulls up you hear a gunshot we don't know what happens i know it's it's it's, he it, went full to fist, grabbed the gun, and said, what? "No, he, he he gets shot in the face." Like, I would, I would like this happened in the comic books. He gets shot in the she, he gets shot in the eyes, both eyes from from Echo. He's blinded for a minute. Oh, and that's right. The, the events from Daredevil Echo come to play, and they have to take down Kingpin. <laughs> yeah. Bro. By the way, again. Just throwing it out there that there might mm-hmm. be another character from that Marvel that Marvel series that featured Kingpin that mm-hmm. might be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe now that might also work with Echo from the comic books. It may have been the comic book that Echo made her debut. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Anyways, um, I'm not going to say it without saying it. 
Yeah. So like it's from, from it, on the surface. Yeah. Um, it's assumed Wilson Fisk is dead. Um, I went. Nobody know death. I, I felt the same I, way, and I did. I went back to the Joss Sweden role. Nobody know death, but I'm like, yeah. for a moment there, I go, I, uh, I, I can't believe you did that, you right? Kidding I, me? I, I get it. There was a lot of fans too, but at the same time, this is Vincent fucking D'Onofrio. You can't let something like him again. The <laughs> exactly. Robert Downey Jr. effect. You can't let a guy who is an academy, or I don't think he's an Academy Award nominee, but I mean, uh, definitely an award-winning actor. Yeah, uh, one of the best performances of our generation. Uh, yeah. As an actor, um, I mean, just going back to when he was a young kid doing um, uh, Full Metal Jacket, um, mm -hmm. just, just was so great. I remember, but, yeah, I, I was, I was actually more, yeah, I was more in tune with him. I think he was in um, which which uh, which season of a CSI was he? Not CSI, but uh, not CSI. Uh, Law and Order. Uh, Law and Order. Um, Law and Order, Law and wasn't Order. it? Yeah, Law and Order. I don't, I don't know if it was SVU or the or the mainline Law and Order, but the no, two years, the right. two years he was in. Yeah, the two years he was in it, or the one year he was in it, I think he won. He won an he award. He may have won it. an Emmy. Yeah, yeah, he won an Emmy for it. And so, like, I knew for a damn fact, if you get this guy, he's gonna be there. And I feel like this is one of those, like, you know, typical, the, his end, the end of Hawkeye was that stereotypical, like, oh, you know, we gotta put a bow and everything because it's a, is it? It's a comic, not it's a Christmas special type of thing, right? Yeah, that's how you get it. And then from that point on, I knew that the darker tone daredevil and echo because echo can be incredibly fucking dark yeah absolutely <laughs> and we got some dark. teases of it yeah i'm not fully i'm not fully uh putting my stamp on her just yet on the actress but she has she is definitely growing on me i'll say that i gotta see her and i gotta see her for more than 15 minutes per, of, yeah. a, of an episode i guess well, I, I gotta see her for more Alaco yeah, Cox as as Maya Lopez. Um, it, it like Jr. mentioned, she's a dark character in the comic books, super dark. Um, but she's got a dark past. I mean, they made her cute and cuddly with with the little girl that played her uh, yeah. brilliantly in in episode three, I think it was. Um, I think it's episode three. Two. Two, two. Um, episode two. Episode two. I apologize, but um she is no, a dark so character and i think there's a there's a darkness to alaqua cox's portrayal and everything how they shot her how they lit the scenes that she was in they yeah. they, they 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 really played on that darkness of a anti-hero anti-hero character a la some guy that has d she shoots she shoots kingpin in the uh, in the face in, in the face she shoots um, him in the face so she, she uh, twice. So yeah, she's supposed to be dark. Breaking she gets two shots off. She gets two shots off. No, in the in the episode in the in, the, in this one, it just one comic book. Both his she, eyes are gone from a certain standpoint. Uh, um, but yeah, no, it's I again like Echo. The Echo season one is going to be Daredevil and Echo. You can't deter me from that at all. No, it, it's it. We'll just have to, we'll just have to wait and see how they introduce Daredevil into the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe. I don't know. Um. Anyways, um, uh, just just throwing that out there. Um, yeah. anyways, oh, wasn't it? Yeah, just to to go back to Hawkeye and and Kate Bishop Hawkeye. Uh, yeah, the story ends or the the series ends with like, oh, they're they're all cool now. He gets the watch and he goes and he gets the watch that was supposedly um of of a certain origin that's important to him particularly. 
uh, the whole uh, everything gets wrapped up in a little bow. They go back home. He makes it. Uh, Clint makes it in time for for Christmas. They see, he sees his kids. He brings over. Of course, he brings over. He of course he brings over Kate. Right. She is and now the adopted the and lucky. She's now the adopted child or surrogate adopted child at this point. Right. You're gonna be under her under his wing to be training, and yeah, it was a fun time. Uh, Clint gives his wife this watch. She looks at. She flips it over. It's a shield logo. Right. This Rolex, the shield logo with the with the initials, I think it was 11 or 13. No, 19. 19. 19. 19. All I know is that that initial, of course, is supposed to be, uh, oh my God, Mockingbird. Mockingbird. Agent 19. Mockingbird. And, and, mm-hmm. and, and even in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the, the TV yep. show on ABC, Bobby Morris played um, by, uh, I can't think of her name. Adriana, Adrian Palicki? Adrian Palacchia. Um, who, when and there was a, a mockingbird book out at that very moment yep. when they had her on the series she played bobby morris well and by the way when bobby morris is removed from the show agent show it's one of my favorite episodes in the series it was a spy's goodbye um was the episode and it's it's emotional um it's arguably like i said one of the best episodes of the series so people wanted to know, okay, does this final finally answer the question? Does Agents of Shield not exist in the mainline Marvel Cinematic Universe? I I I really think that they're pushing that direction, obviously, with the Dark Hold being brought back in WandaVision, and it's not the same Dark Hold as mm-hmm. the one we saw last with Robbie Reyes. In, mm. in 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 season three of of um, Agents of Shield, mm. um, obviously the timelines don't match up. They dealt with they dealt a little bit with the multiverse and time travel and space and and and, and whatever um, in the last two seasons of of Shield. So they kind of worked their way out storyline of like they kind of removed themselves from the main mm. Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um. I think that there's still room that you could go wink agents of yeah. shield technically exists, but I know it doesn't. I, I'm, I'm becoming more and more to grips with yeah. the fact because it's one thing you could say that Laura Barton was a mockingbird a la yeah. like there was the black widows from the red room, but when yeah. they full on named her agent 19, um, which they, I guess they technically didn't, they oh, wink. She's agent 19. Yeah. And Bobby Morris in Agents of Shield is also referred to as Agent 19. Mm-hmm. It's going Laura Barton is Bobby Morris. Bobby Morris is Laura Barton. Yeah. In in the comics too, uh Bobby Morris dated Clint Hawk Clint. That's the in thing. the comics People as well. That Laura Barton and Bobby yeah. Morris aren't are two mess. different characters. Yeah. But they've become kind of an amalgamation. Yeah. Um, because like Jared mentioned. Bobby Morris and Clint Barton dated in the comic yeah. book. So granted, yeah, Bobby Morris also dated Spider-Man too. I dated Peter after after he lost his corporation too, but that was it's just comics. Again, it's weird. It's comics. <laughs> yes, comics. But like there is still I will give you this. There is still some hope because they did love uh Robbie Reyes. <laughs> They're a huge I fan of him. him. I want um the guy who plays ah, dude, he's so good, bro. He is perfect. Pitch perfect from the from the show. Yeah, um, man. It's just it's like 
I, I know that there's still a sore spot with Shield the series when it comes to that. Because like it, it was, it was from an old era. Uh, it was it was a holdover from an old era of Disney, right? Yeah. That uh, that <laughs> that uh, that Kevin Feige had a lot of uh, animosity towards. That was one thing. It was but part just, of his animosity with, and again, it goes. It expl- it's explained in yeah, um, in the book that I mentioned. Um, yeah. that it's his animosity with with um, Promoter, um, yeah. oh Gabriel Luna. I, I was looking for his name, Gabriel Luna, Luna who played Robbie Reyes so yeah. perfectly in season yeah. four of Agents of Shield. Yeah, but yeah, just uh, just again, like it was certain animosity there, but like, I do feel like the show was good. It, it it did have a lot of slow bits. It did took some. It did it did take its time to a certain extent. But like one, I love I loved Adrian Lee Adrian Lee Palicki since she was in Supernatural. No, not even that. Like since she was uh wait yeah she did Supernatural and then she was referenced to possibly do, do Wonder Woman. She right? they actually shot a pilot where she was they Wonder Woman yeah. with her and she looked great as it. Um, oh yeah. And then and then like just from the searing fact like she grew up on comics as well her her brother was in comics and she got in comics and she from that point on she's like yeah any other any type of superhero stuff i'm in i would love that and so like she's always been one quote unquote one of us right the the nerds when it was when it wasn't cool to be a nerd type of thing so i would love to see her anytime in anything mc related mcu related and that'd be great for her to come back again. Maybe the whole mantle thing does come to play because uh, because Bobby Morris and Lauren are to- not Lauren, Laura, 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 uh, Barton, are two yeah. di- Laura Barton are two different characters. Yeah, absolutely. So it could be a mantle thing where like, you know, where Laura after. Well, how old are her kids now? 18. Um, I think it's alluded that his that her oldest have got has probably closed in on. I think the. The son is the oldest, yeah, and then, um, and then the daughter, the daughter, and then the and then the youngest sister. So like around like high up in like the 15, 16, 17, yeah, t- uh, teen range, right? Yeah. So in that time frame, she probably could have, you know, renounced like, no, I got retired, I have kids now, blah blah blah, right? Home life. So that could be a possibility again. Just holding out hope for you, my guy, because I would love to see a lot of these characters that were in this in Shield, you know, trying to see and hopefully make their appearance in some of these old, some of these newer Disney Plus shows because that'll be fun to see. But yeah, just from that point on, we see I, the the I, name. I think too, going back to the Agents of Shield too, as I think that we are, I think it's been a given that we're going to see, um, we're going to see. Um, Chloe Bennett's uh, Daisy Johnson make her debut. I think that it's a it's it's an it's obvious that uh, Ming Na wins. Agent May is a fan favorite. I don't think you're going to go full depth and bring back Elizabeth Henstridge and and um uh, and bring back uh, Fitzsimmons. Um, but I, I I would love for them to. I would like I said I would love for them to bring back Gabriel Luna's Robbie Reyes um, as as Ghost Rider. I don't think there is any other. Um, I really don't think there's any other option. Um, I will say this. There is a rumor going out there that we are going to see a Ghost Rider. It may be Johnny Blaze. It may be a different version. It may be an amalgamation. But it is your boy from The Walking Dead. Um, oh. uh, I can't think of um, That is rumored to have signed a deal with Marvel Studios to play the Spirit of Vengeance. Um, we can talk about that in episodes coming up. But real quick, Jared, let's put a bow on How this. About, you're, talking, you're talking about where Norman Reedus? Yep, Norman Reedus is allegedly signed to play the Spirit of Vengeance, a version. People are hoping he plays Johnny Blaze, but again, it goes back to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. 
in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. continuity, Johnny Blaze does exist. Mm. He is the one, it's a little bit of out of, it's, it's out of continuity with comic books, how Robbie Reyes became the spirit of vengeance in, in the comic books. Um, but in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. continuity, Johnny Blaze gives the spirit of vengeance to Robbie Reyes um, in, Go in, uh, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Mm -hmm. um and so though they don't name him directly it's johnny blaze in agents of yeah. shield um and so it's a possibility that norman reedus could still play him but i know that there's rumor going around that they want to address some of the older um ghostwriters and go back into time mm -hmm. and where the spirit of vengeance began prior to johnny blaze um so but again, it's it's rumored. It's one of the worst kept secrets that that Norman Reedus wants to be a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and he wants to play Ghost Rider. But we'll talk about in that in future episodes uh, yeah. here on PS Comics. I love you, um, Jr. We saw in 2021, we saw Wandavision, we saw Falcon the Winter Soldier, Loki, uh, yep. What If, and then Hawkeye. Where mm -hmm. does Hawkeye rank for you in the Disney Plus? Number two. What's your number okay. one still? Oh, of course, uh, Hawkeye. I uh, know. Um, number two. Hawkeye number one, of course, is, is always going to be Captain Falcon, uh, Captain America, Captain and America Winter and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, um, I I would say I, I keep shuffling it. I want to say Falcon the Winter Soldier is my number one, um, but I think going back and having rewatched WandaVision, I understand the importance of WandaVision. So I would say probably I know it's a cop out that there's it's a one and two. Um, Hawkeye I would definitely put in either two or the three spot. Loki is still strong. Um, mm. What if, I don't know, I think they struggled at the end. Hawkeye, I think, would would have been, by episode three and four, it was looking yeah. like it was going to be my number one. They struggled to stick the landing. I think they tried to rush a lot of things in, ep in episode six, but still uh, a very entertaining show. Disappointed with the post credit scene, um, but I don't know what they could have done. You're yeah. not going to introduce daredevil you're not going to show us anything about no. echo or kingpin no. and i don't think they're going to tease anything with moon knight or she hulk yet so um mm. I, I guess there was really nothing they could have done in a post-credit scene um so yeah um i'd say it's in my top three yeah so it's it's overall better than what i expected right oh yeah way better than what i expected uh some of the best chore choreographed fight scenes of the entirety of MCU. Um, the only Belova is definitely re really stole the show for me, Elena. Uh, Echo, I'm getting around to liking. There's still some parts of her. There are still some parts of her character and how and they're or they're displaying her character that I feel like need to be more fleshed out. Granted, again, uh, ASL uh, how that translates into film. <clears throat> Uh, she she's gonna have to work a lot more on like emotional acting, like visible yes. acting display, because a lot of the a lot of the times were like, like a lot of that just comes to play for me. Like granted, of course they wanted to stick to their gun. Um, Marvel wanted to stick to their guns and want proper representation in that sense. And this you know it's a give and take in that essence, right? It's, it's great that you have the representation, but it how does that how did that look in actual acting form? It wasn't necessarily there like a lot of her scenes for me in the later half of the shows felt like okay it was a little bit rushed or it wasn't that great as it should be it shouldn't resound as much as it could be like her whole the the first sequence of her and kingpin right 
should have been really fucking well done. Yeah. And and Vincent just carried the whole fucking scene for her. And it's and that's it shouldn't be that way. When you're in scene with Vincent motherfucking D'Onofrio, you want to make your presence felt. And it felt like it wasn't there for me. But and again, we'll, she she's gonna grow on me. So anyway, she'll grow on it, and I'll, we'll see how they do in Echo, which is due out sometime later this year. All right, guys, we're going to wrap it up. This went a little bit longer than expected, but I think we had a lot to address uh, both with Hawkeye and the best of 2021. We will have a Spider-Man No Way Home spoiler full episode in the coming weeks. We will get back to some of the news and notes. Um, mm-hmm. If you would real quick um, want to put a bow on this, you want to find us on social media, PS Comics, I love you on Twitter. That's with the letter U at the end. PS Comics, I love you on Twitter, facebook.com slash PS Comics, I love you. A great place to watch our show live every week you can also find our show on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, amazon music uh spotify and anchor.fm as well as the home of all things podcast iHeartRadio. um yes, he is jr kamakungan the dark king aka dk aka also not jr comics 42 on instagram i am kevin That's pillow everything's arm day with jr <laughs> at voice of reason 23 Thank you for your love and support, guys. I appreciate all the well wishes. I am better. Um, mm-hmm. I continue to get stronger every day. I'm going to hit the gym hopefully tomorrow to get back. Mm-hmm. First time in almost a month back to the gym um, so I can get Oof. guns like JR. Um, as we always say, uh, be kind. Be a decent human being to your fellow mm-hmm. uh, man. Uh, wear your damn mask. And as always, JR, we support and always push peace. You guys have a great night. We will see you next week. Yeah, man.